is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Hello and welcome to episode 92 of the UK Steelers podcast. You're joined as always by me, Simon Winstanley, and the three co-hosts, Rich Citron, Dave Hart, Gavin Marshall. How are you doing, guys? Not too bad at all. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm, on my, I'm home alone. My wife's gone down to London to see her mum, so naturally I'm like spending my afternoons and evenings sat in my pants, eating crisps and drinking beer. So I'm, I'm living the life of luxury right now. I feel like I'm 21 again. Well, it's, Friday, it's Friday night now. We're recording on a Friday night. What are you, you going to do after, we, after we've done this? I'm gonna finish the beer I have in front of me, and then I'm I'm probably gonna eat the pizza, the rest of the pizza I bought earlier. I bought a pizza from a place that rhymes with uh, Bominos. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's my night's plans. It's big big plans for tonight, since everywhere's closed or you know limited in opening. Does your does your wife stop you doing that kind of thing normally? No, but it tends to cause sort of. Not argument, but it's it's just you know it's it's best to you know keep the uh, attraction going in a marriage, right? You got to keep the attraction going, and I need to get as much going as I can, you know. See, Dave, so, right uh, now, th- this is where I'm going to need some help from you, and, and maybe Rich and Gav can help out as well. And it's, it's, I, I love veering off topic within the first minute of the, the podcast; it's great. Um, so <laughs> I've got a date now where my girlfriend's moving in with me on right. July. Big, big yeah, thing. yeah, July 9th. It's, it's all happening. <laughs> So now this is going to change. I'm going to go from being what you are now, sat in his pants eating his dominoes, uh, <coughs> bominoes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm suddenly going to have, you know, a female around all the time. What do I do? Well, this will change. Is this the first time you've, you've cohabited? So we, we lived together for a year, but like in separate rooms because it was like uni. So it wasn't, you know, it's not the same. That's not the same. She was your squeeze down the hall. Yeah, this yeah, is different. Yeah. So is you know uh, is there any top tips you can give me this? The offer to do the washing up first, earn the brownie points where you can because they'll you've got to start storing them up straight away because as soon as an argument breaks out and you don't have any brownie points you're already on the bottom rung of the ladder you've 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 screwed yourself so get the brownie points going nice and early. Um, That's a great point. Yeah, any 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 problems now will be brought up later. So yeah, yeah be best behaviour for the first probably year I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I always like to think Chloe's quite rational. We don't we don't get in many arguments, but um, I think that now. Yeah, no, that's the problem. Yeah, that is the problem. So <laughs> keep an eye out for it. But she's allowed to bring the hamster, so everyone's happy right now. Yeah, good stuff. It's it's exciting times for you, mate. That's a that's a, a big uh, big life change. Exciting. Yeah, we're gonna have to figure it out. Anyway, what's the ha- what's the hamster called? Uh, Basil. Basil, nice. Yeah. After forty towers? No, I don't think so. I don't great know mouse what, detective. After what, sorry? Great mouse detective. Nope. No. Love okay. Danger Mouse though. Yeah, Danger Mouse would have been a good name. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> when <laughs> is that? Sorry, just before we do sorry. move on, when 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 is uh, when's the big date? Uh, July 9th. It's, it's going to be a bit of a, a gradual thing. She's going to move in over a couple of weeks, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, what's happening to uh, to Marv, your flatmate? Well, he's moving out with his new girlfriend. He's got a place. Uh, ah, you boys up. are growing up finally. Wow. Yeah. It's the end of an era. I've lived with him for about seven years. 
So what happened first? So did 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 Chloe want to move in first and yeah. you booted out Marv, or did Marv say he was leaving and you said there's an opening? He was leaving. There's opening. It's always been as soon as Marv leaves out, Chloe would move in, but we just didn't know when that would be. See, see that 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 to me sounds like a potential issue brewing already. Like, oh, oh you no. only invited me to move in because your your mate moved out. No, no, cetera, but it was, it was the other way around. Like, she was ready to move in. We wanted her to move in. It was just you know I wasn't going to kick Marv out. We were just waiting until he wanted to leave naturally. That's what I mean. Resentment's brewing there. That'll, that'll be brought up in an argument in, in 2030. Listen, resentment should be long gone. She wanted to move in with me about three years ago before me and Marv moved in together uh, for the second time. So That's exactly that's what I mean, man. This is a, this is a whole buried treasure chest of issues here. I can, I can, I can feel it. Anyway, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure you, you, you're a very happy couple. Well, I, will, I yeah, hope so. I'll, I'll report back. I, I, I want to point out, I apologise in advance, I've been trying to improve my diet. I don't know if this is turning into just things I'm doing this week, but this, this seems relevant. Um, I'm drinking loads of water, and it's re- I've realised that I can't do things like go to the cinema and record a podcast all in one session. So at some point, I'm probably going to have to disappear, and, and you're just going to have to carry on. Um, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Flashbacks <laughs> to the wankered cut. I know. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> but this is for better. This is for better reasons. <laughs> Uh, someone brought that up on Twitter again this week, and I was like, "No, nope, uh, let's just quickly shove that under the rug again." That, that <laughs> won't die. <laughs> when we get our Patreon up and running, maybe we can let it out. Then. Yeah, maybe that's what it'll be. It'll be a Patreon exclusive. Yeah, gold members only. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Right. Okay. Let's let's talk some let's talk some stuff. Rich, how you doing? You okay? I'm great. Yeah. Thanks. We uh, we're excited this week. We're going to do the top twenty five most important players. Uh, to the Steelers' 2021 season, like we did last year. Now, Rich, I'm excited. We're going to get onto the, the section in, in, in a minute. But did you understand the assignment this week? Do you think? Did, did we? Do we all on the same page? Was it properly explained? You know, I I never really know until you guys start explaining your picks, and then I realize, okay, I got it right, or no, I my, I didn't get it very right. So yeah, we'll know soon, I guess. Excellent. We'll we'll uh, we'll look forward to finding out <laughs> what strange cacophony of picks you've you've come up with. Um, I want to talk about a few little bits and pieces before we uh, we jump into that. First of all, I want to point out uh, thank you to everyone who went and uh, took part in, in Jason's raffle on the Facebook page. He's raised loads of money from what I know, and I think it's still running until Wednesday, so if you listen to this in the first few days of it going up, head over to the Facebook page and get involved. He's also done a new logo for the group as well, which looks super cool, so... Go check all, all that good stuff on the UK Steelers. That, has that been has that been determined yet? The new logo? It I has. thought it was still yeah. up. No, has it's, it? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I've got up north and I miss miss all this. <laughs> I, th- I thought we <laughs> were down to a four. Well, we were, and then that's that's passed, and now we have one. All right. Is it good? Which one? I, is I, it? I like it. I think it was number one. It's my favourite of the bunch. It's the like hexagonal hexagonal yeah. hexagon yeah yeah nah, that was that's okay i prefer the other one but okay fine i'll go okay. with the one. what gav means is that was the best one of Beam them all well done jason gav. yeah <laughs> <laughs> jason will be over the moon with that cheers um and then i wanted to say uh i wanted to point out tun chilkin is retired to focus on uh, we mentioned him a, a while ago he got diagnosed with als right the the, the broadcaster yeah. um so i just wanted to send our best wishes to uh tun chilkin as well as he retires from broadcasting yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, so, and, and I know in other sad news just to kind of get this kind of stuff out of the way I don't know if you saw this Stefan Tuit's brother got killed in a, in a hit and run accident as well so our best wishes go out to Stefan Tuit and his family as well um, a few pieces of bad news this week yeah but, sad times um, in better news did you see uh, the Malik Hooker stuff 
I've been. I, I saw you've been visiting with the Steelers. Is there, there's no further news than that, is it? No, there isn't. So, so supposedly yesterday, as of when we record on this, Malik Cooker, the former first round pick of the Colts, went fifteenth uh, overall in twenty seventeen, visited the Steelers. Now, I absolutely love this dude coming out. I don't know about you guys. I I was proper in on him, but um, and and he kind of came out swinging, right? If I remember in his first season, but he he was a little bit injury plagued, and then he kind of seemed to disappear off the map a little bit in Indianapolis and I don't think they picked up his fifth year option or, or he got cut one or the other um, he had a ruptured Achilles last season but I think this would be all because we were talking I think was it last week or the week before about the Steelers having no depth behind Edmonds and, and, and Minka at the safety position I think as a guy who maybe is still dealing with a little bit of injury but has really high pedigree I think this is a, the perfect guy you want to use some yeah. of that cap space on yeah, definitely. He would instantly be the second best free safety on the team. Um, so yeah, and and you know you could, if you wanted to play a two two deep safety look, or even you know having him there would enable you to move Minka around and do some of that exciting stuff like put him in the slot or do whatever you want with him, bring him down into the box, which is where he makes most of his exciting plays. You know that he sometimes having Minka deep all the time kind of constrains him a little bit. So yeah, it would it would be great to see him. Obviously the. The injuries. I mean, it's not just an Achilles. He's had an ACL. He's had a torn labrum. He's had a sports hernia. So you know, it's a bit of an injury, injury checkered, in, injured injury history. So if they, it depends what the price is. Obviously, they don't, you know, if they get him for a vet minimum or something there thereabouts. I guess, I guess that's why he's visited quite a few teams. I that, think, hasn't he? That shocks. If that's his value, that would shock me. I mean, because it's not like he's been awful, right? I haven't, I haven't gone back and, and looked at all of it, but he's graded out sort of averagely to well. When he's played, he he only played two games last season. But in in the two years before that, he played like thirteen and fourteen respectively. I think so. I don't yeah, know. I think I think twenty eighteen was a really good year for him. Yeah. Um, I think he I think PFF had him as like fourteenth safety overall or something. So that was great. But it's just it's just can't can't piece together, mm. you know, a full season. So that's that's a risk. Yeah, yeah, tough. So we'll see. I, I've got to imagine it would be a few a, a few mil. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. But I'd be surprised if he was on the vet min. Yeah, I would. I think he, you know, obviously he wants to get paid, doesn't he? I mean, this is his first yeah, contract, first season, not of being off his rookie deal. So yeah, he's trying to get the. I mean, the problem is if if he leaves Pittsburgh and we heard he hasn't got a deal, he'd probably not got a deal, right? It's rare. It's rare that a player visits the Steelers and then leaves without a deal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. as as the weekend ticks over and we haven't heard anything, it's probably not going to happen. Oh, don't say that, Gav. Don't get my hopes up. Twitter's in Twitter's a buzz about it right now. Didn't he put something on his Instagram about future Steeler or something like that? I saw. Yeah, he commented that... on someone who said that, and he he's been on Twitter a little bit, quote tweeting people like Steelers fans that have been tweeting at him. So he's obviously, you know, baiting it a little bit, which maybe suggests he didn't get an offer, but I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I'd like to see like him on the team, it. though. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Rich? You, you like him? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he's an instant upgrade at at the uh, backup for a safety position. It's if they can afford him and it's a good price, it's a no-brainer for me. You got to do it. Yeah, I think he's from Pittsburgh too, right? Or nearby. So I think he's pretty local. Newcastle, Pennsylvania. There you go. We played Newcastle. My high school played Newcastle. Oh yeah. Yeah, they were a huge school. We weren't as big, and they usually beat us. <laughs> but you won, right, Rich? Oh no, I was fine. I didn't. I didn't know. <laughs> what position did you play? Safety. Yeah. No, there you go. How's That's like Rich. <laughs> How's your back pedal? Uh, now? 
Oh, then, <laughs> back then, back then in your glory days. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. You got you got the height there and the legs probably. I reckon you you know the reactions. Yeah. Yeah. Good. But like a ball hawk. That's was my game. How many picks do you get? Oh wow! I don't even remember. Um, quite a few my senior year. Nice. Well, well, look, Rich, you know, it's nice to have you in the fraternity of uh, college football players. <laughs> These two guys wouldn't understand. Um... <laughs> hey, I've played Madden. I'm, uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, the life of an athlete's a little bit different. You know, guys like me and Rich, uh, we bond over that kind of stuff. <laughs> Right, anyway, um, I want to talk, before we get to the 25 steals, I, I'd said to Rich he didn't have to do this, but we're going to do it. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Army of the Dead. Now, uh, I'm sure you all know, Rich was uh, the, the glaring star of the uh, the new Netflix movie, Army of the Dead, directed by Zack Snyder. Uh, it came out a, a couple of weeks ago now, right? We, we didn't want to talk about it last week because it was a little bit early, uh, Gav hadn't seen it. Um, but yeah, I want to talk a little bit about it, Rich, if that's okay. Um, what, sure. I'll, what I'll do is I'm gonna I'll time where we set, where we end talking about this because I imagine it's gonna be like a little bit spoilery for the movie, right? So if anyone hasn't seen it, they might not want to listen. So I'll put the time in the description of when we we, we finish talking about this, so you can jump ahead. Does that make sense? Yeah, good call. Yeah, okay. So jump ahead now if you don't want to hear any spoilers for Army of the Dead on Netflix. Thank you. Okay, Rich, you were a huge part of this movie, dude. You undersold your your part when we talked about it. <laughs> Oh, in the I, weeks leading up to it, I don't know if I was a huge part, but I, I had you know I had a good amount of time in the movie for sure. Well, it, it, it's a little bit different for, for for someone like you, right? Because when I say a huge part, obviously you know it, it's not like a a speaking part necessarily, or like you know the, the kind of thing that Dave Bautista is doing on the other side. But like in terms of screen time, you're on the screen all like constantly. You were like the most engaging part for me. Maybe that's just because I'm biased, but um, I was really into oh, it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I. I you know, I I tried to make the most of of what I was doing, you know, and mm. and um, I, whenever I do something for Zach, like if I'm playing some type of part or something like that, we always sit down before we start shooting. We talk about the character, and I want to know exactly everything the character inside and out, and what Zach expects from the character. And so he gave me some notes, and you know, the big one for me was in order for this movie to work, people have to empathize with the character they have to feel something for the character you know so i always i always had that in my head as i was playing it you know so that that certainly helped a lot see that's really interesting because when i watch this and i'm interested to hear what you you guys think as well gavin dave one of the things i thought was it, it looked to me almost like um because i thought the whole concept was super cool right the, the 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 idea that there's actually like a society that's developed amongst you know the the, the are these zombies they're not zombies right rich is there a name for them Alphas. Uh, yeah, the alphas, the alphas were the ones that I created. They're the real athletic ones. Yeah. And then the, the normal zombies that everybody's used to seeing uh, were called the shamblers. Shamblers, that's it, yeah. But and they really they really had no intelligence or anything. They just walked around and tried to eat things. It, it felt to me, and this is going to come across as critical, but but it's, it's kind of because I thought that the idea was so cool that I wanted to see more of it, that Zach had this like grand idea in his head for this society and the stuff that would be going on amongst these zombies, I wanted to see more of it. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to actually see, maybe delve a little bit more into the backstory of like your character and um, kind of the relationship between you and, and the queen, right, and stuff like that. I thought that would have been 
really cool if we could have spent more time with you like researching and maybe that's difficult because you don't talk in the traditional sense so maybe it's hard to do that I don't know I'm not a filmmaker but um do, do you know what I mean would you have liked more of that from from your character what, what do you think of that yeah I mean and that's actually a fairly common <clears throat> comment that I've been hearing from people um and and Zach they did do a uh, a prequel an animated prequel that's going to explore more of my character and what happened to my character, how, how he became what he is and, oh, cool. and stuff like that. I think it's going to be like six episodes. Whoa. Oh, wow. So okay. uh, that might be real interesting and, you know, give a little more understanding of, of you know, what exactly happened. I quite, I, I did quite like the fact that he's just like a beast in a cage like <laughs> at, at the beginning. Cause you're kind of thinking, is he a super soldier the way the experiment's gone wrong or, you know, are they are they. You know, how did it? I guess that's the kind of conclusion I I came to. But I I quite like the the fact that it it didn't didn't tell you that. It kind of made you think. You know, it made you think about how how that what that backstory was. I quite like that. I thought that was a good setup for the for the villain. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. And Zach just layers things so much in his films. Like for instance, did you see um at the beginning of the movie when the when the guard the military guard is at the gate and he's talking on the on the radio and in the background if you guys notice there's two lights in the sky right hmm. and then as the scene goes along when the trucks start to roll out those two lights go <laughs> across the sky like real fast and i didn't notice that oh, cool yeah it's easy to miss um but uh check it out because it's like okay well like, something's going on there you know, so I thought that yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah, because they were kind of hinting that they were leaving Area 51, weren't they? That's yeah. what their yeah. that was. Oh, that's cool, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love little Easter eggs and stuff like that. Uh, I, and to be fair, I thought the world did feel very lived in. I thought that was one of the best parts about it. Very, very yeah. kind of well built up, and 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 I thought Las Vegas looked awesome as well. I mean, I, I watched the um, the making of it afterwards, and we'll talk about that in a minute because I saw you on there, Rich. Um, I watched the making of it, and and just I mean, the the level of um, the level of detail and the amount of effort that must go into these you know VFX stuff and uh, crazy to me, just insane. Yeah, yeah, a lot of time and effort goes into that. They want to get it, you know, exactly the way that everything's set up in Vegas, you know, and then how they feel it would look, you know, after this this type of apocalyptic event, you know. Mm-hmm. So was, you filmed in New Mexico, right? We filmed in Albuquerque for most of the film. And then we did about oh, five or six weeks in um, uh, Atlantic City. Right, okay. What Was was that using these sort of disused casinos? or? or yeah, that- there's, yeah, Atlantic City's been, hit hard times over the years. It's not as vibrant as it once was. And uh, some of the casinos are shut down. So we, we actually stayed in a casino... Uh, hotel casino where the hotel part was still open but the casinos weren't open anymore and that's that's the casino area that we use for the film so it was kind of nice you could just you know walk out of your room go down the elevator and you're you're ready for work you're right there you know it was kind of cool um right. uh, yeah but the bulk of it was albuquerque wow that's cool that's that's a shame about atlantic city just because i've been there that was i mean it was kind of sad when i went there kind of when was that? Two thousand and eight. So that's really sad that the casinos are closed because that's all there was. Yeah, some of them are. There's there's still a bunch that are still open, but it's, you know, it it 
you know, it was looked at as, you know, the Las Vegas of the East. So, you know, you don't, you don't have to travel across the country to go gamble. And, and it used to be big when I was was I when I was a kid. It was pretty vibrant, you know, but over the years, it just I don't know. It just died out for whatever reason. Mm. I guess it's easier to gamble now. So people don't need that fix. And there you, it, it wasn't exactly like Vegas, was it? Let's face it. It didn't have that same strip and all that stuff going on. Right. But, um, yeah. 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 But I was going to say, so. Man, you must have been hot in all that, that those prosthetics. I guess you've been asked a thousand times, but that must have been tough. That was rough. It was one of my tougher jobs I've ever had because I was from my waist to, to, to my head in prosthetics. And um, this stuff is silicone. Like they, they either use latex or silicone. And latex will actually breathe a little bit. Silicone doesn't breathe. Everything gets trapped in there. And, you know, it was sometimes over 100 degrees and it was, man, people were complaining that weren't in prosthetics, you know. And <laughs> so it was, man, it was it was brutal. It was really, it was a tough, tough job for, you know, for, for that time. And right before we left Albuquerque, um, for the last two weeks, I was real heavily used. I was in almost every scene for the last two weeks. I was, they really loaded the back end of the schedule for my stuff. And, um I just I, I couldn't get enough fluids in my body, and I end up the last day of filming before we were getting ready to leave for Atlantic City. I tore my uh, my hamstring, you know, yeah. so I had to deal with that. Luckily, when I got to Atlantic City, I had a few weeks to to rehab it, so I would drive into Philadelphia like three times a week and get physical therapy done on my hamstring so that I'd be able to you know to do something in in, in the Atlantic City part. Uh, but it all worked out. You know, I, I had a great uh, physical therapist and it worked out OK. But, um, yeah, that was really tough. Really. It's like I couldn't get enough fluids in my body. I was just sweating so much, you know, in that stuff. They give you one of those those cool down th machines where they hook you up to pipes and pump cold air in? Or um, No, not so much because they had they'd have stuff blowing on me, you know, sometimes. Um, like I, they'd have a coal truck that I could go to sometimes if I, you know, if I wasn't going to be shooting f for a couple scenes. So I'd go into there, and usually that was pretty comfortable. But I guess uh, you have to stay in all your get-up, right? You couldn't yeah, take it off. Yeah, once you're in that stuff, you're not getting out of it till the end of the day. So I, I was in it at a minimum of ten hours, and usually we went more like twelve or fourteen. Whoa. You know, so yeah, you're, you're not getting out of that stuff until the day's over. Um, wow. but, um, yeah, just pretty tough conditions for that kind of a, that kind of a job. How long did it take you to get in it or put it on in the morning? When they started, it was a little over like four and a half hours Jeez. when they first started. But those guys, man, they're, they're really good. They, they come up with shortcuts and way of, you know, doing things. So that it just cuts off the time so much. And they actually got it down to about two and a half hours. Wow. Do they Which give you something is, to do? Do they like? Can you watch like a movie while? <laughs> um, no, I mean I could be on my phone sometimes, or they're playing music. Um, I guess I could have brought something in to watch. I guess, but I just, you know, you can relax and watch something, could you? There with all that going on, people <laughs> up in you know, sticking stuff on your face. You can't. You, yeah, I probably could have, um, <clears throat> but I just I was all right with just looking at my phone or. Or listening to music i was okay with that i you know when i'm doing a job like that i try not to uh i try not to make it 
like I, I don't like to have periods where it's real easy or easier because I know how tough the job is. So I just want to get in that mindset where this is going to be brutal, you know, and I got to deal with it. And, you know, so I, you know, I just kind of just, it's just more of a mindset. I just kind of sit there and not try to think about it and think of other things and, you know, but can't make it too easy on myself. It's a challenge in that. <laughs> what, what if, you, if they said, oh, all right, we can just leave it on overnight and you can turn up the next day and we'll just touch it up. Would you <laughs> Would you do that, or you, no? No, I'll sit there for four hours in the chair. I'll tell you. No I'll, way. Uh, it's the the stuff is, you know, the, I don't know if it's really the, these chemicals are meant to be used, you know, that much. Because my my body had an adverse reaction to it. I started getting like this rash, or break, I, my body broke out. Um, the last, I'd say, the last uh, month of shooting in Albuquerque. Um, it started getting really bad because this stuff was on me every day. And like I said, I'm sweating. My sweat's not going anywhere. It's just trapped there. And um, so, yeah, there's no way <clears throat> I was going to wear <clears throat> that stuff overnight, you know. Yeah. And, I, and there was talk. I had heard there was talk that they might ask me, that somebody might ask me to do that, you know. Because um, like I said, the schedule was so brutal the last two weeks we were there with my character. It was like I was literally jumping from first unit to second unit. Like first unit would have me for a few shots and I have to run over the second unit then I have to run back over the first unit. Like I was so busy those last few weeks. And uh, yeah, there's no way I would have done that. But I, I think it was just, you know, just talk. I don't nobody ever came and asked me to do that. Right. I like the idea what? of Rich like walking around the streets of Albuquerque still in the... Uh... Like just nipping down to the nearest Seven Eleven, still dressed as Zeus. Oh man, I would have got shot. <laughs> I don't, I Doing wouldn't... that whole screech voice thing, that whole uh, scream voice. Yeah, I mean, cool. I don't like that. Right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I would have got very far. <laughs> were you? Were you? Were you kind of pissed off when you when you found out that you couldn't actually see, or the camera couldn't see your body through the prosthetics? Because, like, as you've discussed in the past, like you've put a lot of work into yourself in preparation. You got yourself proper ripped up right? you're really in amazing shape and then you put this on and you can't really see the work you put in did you have that have that sort of moment of like oh man i can't even see all the work i've put into myself here yeah i was kind of bummed but yeah i think the i think that stunt coordinator my buddy Dame, damon carl you remember damon uh, oh no i don't know if you met damon Gavin, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I worked with damon yeah yeah damon okay. was on second unit yeah yeah, he was actually more bummed about it than I was. So he he asked me to take a picture. Like I posted a picture on Facebook and Instagram. That picture I took for Damon to give to Zach um, because he wanted to show Zach, like, look, he's actually in better shape than the prosthetics are. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, he looks better than the prosthetics. So can can we just can we not put prosthetics on his abs, you know, and just have that because the other alphas, they don't have any prosthetics on their chest or abs. So, so you can see like if they trained really hard, you can see it, you know, but I had them. So and it, it didn't look like I really, really had much there because, you know, prosthetics covered it. But in the end they felt like, you know, the prosthetics are, they are cool looking and they were, and they, you know, they spend money. Production spent money on those things. They're not cheap. So they were going to use them, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, it, but and, you know, it's funny because when I posted that picture, my son, you know, Sage's like, dad, what are you doing posting a picture like that? And he goes, that's not you. You don't, you don't do that. I go, yeah, I go, I know. I, I, I wrestled about it, but in the end, man, I, I worked hard <laughs> and I don't look like I worked hard in that movie. And I just want, 
you know, my ego got the best of me. And I was just like, <laughs> I want people to know that I, I worked hard for this role. And, you know, it's at my age, it's not easy getting in that shape, you know, so. I don't think anyone would blame you, man. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to answer, but how many ladies are now in your DMs? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's crazy. It's, you know, it's it's not real. You have to know that, right? It's it's. <laughs> There's something about that character, man. All of a sudden, hundreds of young women are following me on Instagram. I'm not kidding. Like, it's really, really odd. And I am getting messages, weird messages from people for sure. But, you know, there's something about that character that um, it seems the the, oh, the ladies took to. That is all to wear man. the prosthetics and oh, <laughs> getting, getting the freaky ones. I mean, the, the guy's not, you know... He's not living, so I find that kind of weird. <laughs> well, that's the question. I can't say too much, but mm-hmm. you know, is he really a zombie? Is he? That's the question you got to ask yourself. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. I, I, I worry about those the, those women. I've got to be honest. I, I want to ask you about the big stunt. Obviously, you know, you're riding a horse and you had the cool fight scenes and everything. But the, the big helicopter jump. Tell us about that. That was not me. That oh, was man. Paul Darnell. Yeah, why well, my hamstring was torn at that oh. point, so I could I couldn't do it. But he's he's a free runner. He's he's the founder of Team Tempest. His name's Paul Darnell. He doubled uh, Henry uh, for Superman in the first in a Man of Steel movie. Right. Um, so I mean, fantastic parkour guy. Just jumps, you know, these amazing jumps. So he actually did that scene, and then he did the because uh, I still couldn't run yet when we got to Atlantic City. He did the uh, blast as well when when Zeus is running down the hall, and then that, then then uh, Dave Batista's character shoots that, um, oh, that yeah. aid at him, and then the blast knocks him through the that he did that ratchet as well. So he did right. those two stunts. Yeah, right. Ah, cool. But the, uh, the the fight scenes, man. When you like, that that was some cool fight stuff. When you uh, you know your your character got some proper some proper moves, didn't he? When when he broke out initially from the cage and then again. By the safe, that was some that was some cool yeah. fighting stuff. Yeah, and you know the the interesting thing, my biggest fight of the movie, it didn't even make the movie because it was I, I think I think Zach felt that it just gave away because the way it sat in the timeline of the movie, he decided it just gave my character too much away with my character too early. But it was there was a cool moment there with me and Omari, um, who played Vandero and it explains better our our matchup at the end of the movie where we see each other and we know right away okay we have to go and we're going to do it you know you know just without weapons it explains it, it it really helped to set that up better but unfortunately it just didn't work within the film but i'm hoping maybe it'll cuz it's such a cool sequence and there's some awesome stunt performers in there that did do some really cool gags you know um i'm hoping that maybe Zach will throw it in a sequel at some point Sorry, who, who's that? Is, was that the dude with the the saw? Yeah, that's yeah. the dude. With, we had a nice showdown, me and him, and you know we did. Um, they do, we we do a previs before we do anything. You know, before we shoot it, of course. And so I wasn't there for the previs. So so uh, Spider did my part for the previs. And um, when they did that scene, that's right at the end of the scene before me and Omari have our our showdown. In the previs, they just kind of he just kind of ran away. My character just saw, looked at him from like about 20 feet away and just ran away. And I said, I go, Hey, I don't think my character would do that. I would go, what if I do this? What if I walk up to him, put my face right next to the saw? Cause he's holding the saw in front of me. So I put my face right next to the saw and I just growl at him. 
to show him like this song means nothing to me right and it was and and it, the people at netflix really liked that that shot you know um they even use it for their advertising if you watch the movie on netflix now they have it sometimes as as an advertisement for the movie that shot even though it didn't make the movie and it's just really cool and omari texts me he goes man i'm so bummed that that shot didn't make it I go, that that was like awesome you know that nice moment between us so i'm really hoping somehow it gets in a in a sequel or something because it's a cool moment that's a shame do you have any other you had you said you had another scene cut out or something as well um well that moment it's basically part of that moment it's yeah it's those it's those those moments with that with that fight um but um you know all in all you know i'm I'm happy with everything i thought the movie's entertaining it's a fun movie you know and and uh, i thought zach did a did a great job and everybody all the actors and crew just were were right on and you know we only shot that movie in 60 days you know so wow yeah, it was a lot of work crammed in those sixty days. So, and it's blowing up on 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 IMDb. It's like the number one movie, and uh, like it's 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 really interesting because I there's this thing they call the star meter, right? It has mm. the top actor and mm. all, and then it has you know all the way into the hundreds of thousands. Well, we our cast are like in the top ten, like I think seven seven of us, counting Zach, eight. Eight of us are in the top ten right now on that star meter. <laughs> wow! Like the highest I've ever been in my life is two thousand, and usually, you know, stunt people don't get very high. You know, um, usually I hover around fourteen thousand. You know, but now, you know, because that movie, we're like all in the top ten. Is it's it's insane. <laughs> That's it's cool. Pretty- yeah, you definitely you're a character in that film. I, I think you're beyond that. That role for you is beyond stunt performer. I'd say you 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 know you're you're an, you're an actor in that film. I'd say. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, Zach has said that as well, and, and yeah, I would agree with that because there are, you know, it's it's acting without words. I mean, words are generally a, a big part of acting, but words aren't acting. If you go in, if you're an actor and you think acting is all about the words, then you're not going to be a very effective actor because there's so much more to it than that. But you know, when you when you don't have words in something, you're not always taken real seriously. But you know, I mean, Zach has told me himself that this is this is when he told me about it first. He said it's a big acting role. He goes, you don't have dialogue, but it's a big acting role. So yeah, I, Rich, I would I would get you're probably right. Rich, can I just say because you were saying that I'm familiar with the star meter that because you know I use IMDb. A lot. I just went on to check after you said that you are currently the sixth most popular celebrity on IMDb. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You're above Dave Batista. <laughs> I, I don't know what about that. I don't know what it is about that character, but you know, it seems like some people really took to it. You know, and that's well, cool. I mean, it's there's that one moment, man. That one moment where uh, you you know the bit I'm talking about, where it's like dark and and then the light comes on and you're there in in the doorway. That is that is such an iconic moment. I think that's so cool. And, and there's a few others, you know, when you're on the horse with the uh, with the spear and everything. There's just some really cool iconography. Oh, that, cool! You know, Thanks. You can see on t-shirts or posters. You know, it's like that's that that's really cool. You've done that, man. Thank you. Yeah, I've been loading up on the posters. They got a they got a bunch of them on Amazon. <laughs> like, oh man, that's me. Oh, that's me too. I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, you know, while it lasts, because I know, you know, Simon, you check IMDb next week, and this it's you know this moment is <laughs> yeah. fleeting for me. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be 
ahead of these major stars for very much longer. It's just because of the popularity of the movie. So I'm just I'm enjoying it while it lasts. Well, you, right, you, you keep you, on look, you keep on looking down at Jennifer Aniston and Kate Winslet. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that that won't last long. Trust me. <laughs> Uh, well, dude, it must have been so. Cool. Especially, you know, you know, it hit me when when you go on Netflix and the, you, you kind of hover over something, and you, like at the top, there's like a, a banner, and it was just like a big picture of you, and I was like, oh, that that must be cool for you. I mean, it was cool for me, right? Just seeing my buddy on, on on the front page of Netflix, so that must have been cool for you. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's it's pretty surreal. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I mean, I'm enjoying it. Like I said, I'm enjoying it while it lasts. Um, yeah. Because you know this industry is, you know, it's it can be really fleeting. So you just gotta enjoy it. Don't let it get to your head too much, and enjoy just enjoy it while you can. If you got this much pop out of one of your parts before, is, was Cabin in the Woods? Was that similar kind of? Um, Ghost of Mars uh, was was fairly okay. Um, uh, just doubling Ben as Batman, it, I've you know gotten a lot of recognition for that but i would say no i think this would be the biggest oh, that's cool man and it's cool it's cool because obviously you know you you, you know you talk to us privately about you know looking into a, a slightly different phase of your career going forward so it's it's cool that this has happened now and you're kind of at a, not a crossroads but you know what i mean you're sort of weighing up your options about what you're going to do so it, it's quite cool that this has come now i think what you think yeah i i would agree with you yeah and i think about it sometimes i i don't like the whole audition process for an actor because it's just it's just a rough you're like constantly going auditions and it's a tough life i i tell you i I respect every actor out there because it's such a tough life it you know there's so many good actors that we'll never see that that actually do have the ability to do some really great work on film but they just don't have the breaks you know they don't know the right people you know they don't have a good enough agent and there's so many factors involved so i really respect actors so you know that's a tough life it's really tough i don't know if i would want to get into that you know as as a full-time profession to try to just pursue acting but um yeah it's um very much respect for those people yeah so last question is there going to be a, a sequel do we know this yeah i i think they're planning a sequel i i doubt very seriously if i'll be in it <laughs> well, you got nuked. I mean, could, could he have escaped? Well, my I I didn't actually get nuked. My my um like like <clears throat> like um Simon said spoilers. Um, my head got blown apart. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, yeah, of course, yeah. of course, yeah, so in the chopper. Yeah, unless yeah. this alien technology has like <laughs> that can kind of like put my head back together again. <laughs> Unless you were cloned from some kind of, you know, you're in a lab, there's like a, a, a thousand baby Zeus's growing and you oh, can come there back. You there yeah. you go, yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot that, yeah, of course. Yeah, that was, that, what was the blue stuff that came out of your head as well when you got shot? Yeah. That's that's part of the, uh, you know, the part of the mystery behind oh. what, how I actually came to be, you know? There you go. But, um, I think that's going to be a, I think that's those questions will be answered in the prequels. Right. Everything's deliberate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad you guys uh, you know, got a kick out of it or enjoyed it cuz it's a it's a fun movie. I yeah, you know, you can't take it too seriously. It's it's just a it's a fun movie and it's it's layered, you know. There's, there's some it makes you think about different things, you know. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, it was only afterwards I realized that it was 
you know, because obviously Zach did Dawn of the Dead, didn't he? The remake. Yes. I, I, only after that, I realised, oh wait, this is this is in that canon. It's in that in that world of Day of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead and Night of the Dead. It's Army of the Dead. I, I kind of I don't know, my own stupidity, but I hadn't realised that it was part of that kind of franchise in a way. Kind of. I mean, it's its own thing, you know. But there's there's definitely you know qualities similar quality qualities with um, with dawn of the dead and the other ones that you mentioned 28 days later as well you know there's qualities in there um th- but this is a little it's a little different spin than we've seen um when when everything is revealed it's it, you'll see that it's a little different spin which is cool because we're so there's been so many zombie franchises and you know projects out there it's like you you just see the same thing all the time it's like yeah yeah you know it's another zombie but this is you know zach zach switched it up a little bit so i thought that was a uh, pretty pretty clever pretty ingenious yeah that's true it's cool it's cool because he kind of took the the 28 days kind of made the zombies fast right that was the unique selling point of that movie it yeah. kind of let's have fast zombies and slow zombies in this so that was cool yeah yeah, yeah. i thought so cool yeah well, very cool. good. Very well done, good. Rich. Yeah. Congratulations. Well Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. And uh, I hope everyone won't be um, too disappointed now as we move to our 25 most important players of the 2021 season. It feels like a, a significant downgrade from the, the glitz and glam of Hollywood to our mother's basements, but uh, here we are. <laughs> everyone knows what to expect when they turn on this show. Welcome back, by the way, to anyone who didn't listen to that segment of the show. Go listen to, uh, go watch Army of the Dead and then go back and listen to it. Um, okay, everyone ready to crack on? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. The 25 most important players to the Steelers 2021 season. Now, Gav, I think we want to go over last year's, right? We did the same thing last year. We want to we want to go over that uh, just to kind of lead us into how this game is played. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's going to be... It's quite interesting looking back. I, I guess there's going to be some similarities, but I think you can see from, from last year's list, we kind of we kind of nailed it in a way, and we if 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 the players or the you know positions that we'd selected had come good, I think the season would have played out better than it did. So we we had Big Ben at number one. I think I think that's going to be you know a tough a tough tough ask to get Big Ben out of that out of that slot because your QB is obviously the most important player. Number two, we had Connor. Now I think that's interesting because we all know what's happened. You know, ever since. The season, even halfway through the season, the team, the franchise, the fan base, everyone's become obsessed with the running game. So we we had the fact that we needed Connor because remember Connor was coming back from the injury, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And we thought you know this is going to be a big, big season for Connor. It didn't happen. So you know if Connor if if Connor and the running game had been good, maybe maybe the you know the playoffs and everything would have gone a bit better. So the, and after that we had Juju. Okay. Um, Juju's season was a bit weird, wasn't it? Hmm. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't the number third most important player on the team. Yeah, that might have been. A bit I think of we. Yeah. Well, I think we were thinking we didn't know about the effect of Claypool. Yeah. You know, it was it was uh, DJ's second season, and I think we were we were kind of hoping that Juju was going to be that number one receiver. I don't think he's cemented that, and I don't think he would be number three on the list this year. I don't know. Maybe maybe he will, but I think I think that was you know we got that wrong, but that's that's the way it goes. Now. Here's what here's what gets interesting for me is number four and number five. We had Bud Dupree and Devin Bush. Hmm. Now, when both of those players went out, I think that's when the Steelers season ended. So I think I think we got that right. Yeah. 
And then number six, we have Pouncey. Now, I think we had we 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 put him there because we thought that he he needed to have a good season because we thought he was kind of declining. And and, and again, I think that plays into the run game thing. Um, so I, th- I think we had that right. So so then rounding out the top ten, we had T.J. Watt, uh, we had Joe Hayden, we had a tie for nine for nine points at the same level of points. We had at ninth ninth we had Minka and and D.J. So I th- I think that was fairly fairly kind of sensible kind of top 10 yeah uh, Ra- anything you want to say about those or should I just move uh, on and tell uh, you the rest yeah, really? yeah you're totally right I think that's that's very interesting that we had those guys that either got injured or didn't perform or whatever apart from Juju I think that list is pretty you know came to pass didn't it and even Juju you know I mean that that it's not that he's not important it's just that obviously the the, 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 the way the wide receiver shook out maybe we got a little bit more out of Deontay and Claypool than we expected and yeah yeah. So moving on from that, we had Edmonds at eleven, Ebron, Hayward, DeCastro, Nelson. So that they all make sense to me now. And at sixteen, we had Wisniewski. Now I think that was we were kind of high on the signing, thinking he was going to come in and play, you know, an important guard role. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. He was released. So that was a bit of a, a, a miss one there. Then we had McDonald. Now he he had a kind of that he had his I mean you know his season ended in retirement and and that didn't work out. But then at 18, we had Filer. So obviously, Filer played that role that Wisniewski, we had pegged in there for Wisniewski. And, and perhaps, I, I still think, and I think, Rich, you maybe agree with me, you know, the, the move would have been to put Filer out at tackle and, and try Dotson in at right guard or, or, or keep Wisniewski out. Maybe letting Wisniewski go was a massive error. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, well, he ended up being a starter, you yeah. know, because of injuries on the team that he went to. So... They obviously thought he could play. Um, yeah, I like the Dotson at guard and Filer out of tackle. I, I just thought that was the way to go. Yeah, and then we had when we had uh, at nineteen we had Villanueva. Uh, twenty tied twenty. Now this is a bit of a strange one. We had Vince Williams. Okay, I can understand that. And then we also had Mason. Now I think I think that was PTSD from the season without Ben. Now, right? I, hang, so on, we, hang on, did, did Rich not have Mason like second or something? Or am, I, am I just throwing him under the bus? Or did it, was it someone else? I'm no, sure someone... A... No, I did not have Okay, Mason. okay. It wasn't Rich. I'm sure someone <laughs> put him really high. <laughs> Maybe it was me. No, I don't think I had him on my list. Right, so then after that we had Alu Alu, uh, 23 we had Tuit, 24 we had Boswell, and 25 we had Chucks Okorafor. Interesting. Now, I would say the two tackles there, when you look at Chucks and Al, probably low compared to how important they were in the season. Yeah, I, you know, I think we we were kind of going for interior interior pressure to to, to uh, you know inc- make running lanes and stuff. I think it speaks to the fact that we we didn't we we were actually a lot less concerned about Villanueva before that season than we ended up being during the season, right? Mm. I think that's part of it as well. Um. Moving on from that, obviously Claypool outside of the top twenty-five. We actually had McCullers at twenty-seven. Oh, nice, <laughs> a big miss. Uh, yeah, nothing else to say really there. Cool. So that, that, that's where we were last year. But I thought it was a, it's an interesting exercise, more more for the kind of discussion that we have around it rather yeah. than the results as such. But I thought it was interesting looking back at where we were this time, exactly this time. Right, it was this exact show last year. Yeah. And yeah, I believe last last year as well we got we got entries from uh, Jason right and and Nick from Union's Nation Sports Nick, yeah which we've I'm I'm realizing now I forgot to do but that's fine 
It'll just be us four this year. That's fine. Right, so do we want to get into it for this year, the 2021 top 25 most important Steelers? Yeah, let's do it. Um, with what I imagine will be an anti-climax at number one, um, I have Big Ben. Has anyone got anything different there? I've got Big Ben. Yeah, I've got Ben as well. I think it's so far Ben all around. <clears throat> Big number seven. Yeah. I mean, so much lies on Ben's shoulders, you know, as it probably would do every season that he's the starter, right? I mean, that's just a given. Can you think of any teams where the QB wouldn't be the first guy on that list? I mean, Denver maybe? Titans? Titans. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But there's not many teams, right? Most teams live and die by the quarterback, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've done two separate lists. Oh, I, I've, I've approached... I've approached... <laughs> you, you're wondering who is going to mess this up. It's me! Um... <laughs> Do I need um, to give you a second sec- second column on the spreadsheet here? Oh God! Maybe, maybe leave that, me out the voting altogether. Oh no, Dave! Um, <laughs> no, it's I've approached this in two different ways, and you, I guess you can choose which way you want to approach it to not completely mess up the voting system. But I've done it from sort of a perspective of like, who do I expect the most improvement out of? So they're important in the sense that if they don't improve, we are screwed. You know, and the guys who are probably approach it in the same way that you have sort of most important as you'd expect does that make sense um, mm. well, it I think almost you need sounds to boil like, that down <laughs> yeah it almost sounds like a combination of those two lists is the list that I've done but I, like in the sense that it's not like just a list of the best Steelers players obviously but it's like the, the guys who you know I feel will have an impact on the season one way or the other it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be good you know it could be a guy who I think it needs to step up, like you say, Dave. But it sounds like you've done both those lists separately somehow. I don't. I'm not quite I, sure. I, I agree. I agree exactly with you, Sai. And I think what 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 you're going to have to do, Dave, is come up with a solution live about who <laughs> who you put number two. Um, okay. Because I, I think when you when you, when you hear who we've got second, it might it might it might make clear to you which way you should go out of your two lists. Because I agree. I think I'm with you, man. I think. This is a strange season. This is a very different season to where we were this time last year, where I thought and Rich thought we were, uh, you know, knocking on playoffs, Super Bowl contention, Ben's window, you know, we're a pretty complete roster and elite defense. I think this is a very different situation. And I think that the kind of players that are important in a season like this are different because of the holes on the roster. Hmm. So I think what you're hinting at with your second list there, I think maybe is more the way I've gone as well. Okay. I'll, See, I've got <laughs> Let me add a little wrinkle. <laughs> the way I did it was the the best the best player to position, the most important player at the position based on two things. Based on how good they are and based on the person backing them up. So if you're re- if you're like really important to the team and you don't have there's not much backing you up I place a really high importance on you if you're important to the team but you have you know there's like you're deep in that position you have a lot of backup there I didn't place as high that makes total that sense make, that makes total yeah, sense yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah. did that as well yeah that makes sense okay cool I'm so interested to see who you guys have got next <laughs> <laughs> who wants to go first for number two no, I'll, go. I'll go. I'll go. Everybody <laughs> agreed at the same time. Yeah. Go Rich, on, Rich. You go. Uh, go ahead, Gav. Go, Gav. No, you no, go. you go. You, you said it first. Okay, this was hard. Two and three for me are interchangeable, pretty much. I, I don't think anybody's wrong taking either one of these guys, in my opinion. But I got TJ Watt, number two. But I, but right on his right, interchangeable with him would be Minka. Okay, interesting. 
Because I don't want I don't want to see um, our boy uh, Marsh. Um, what was Cassius? Cassius? Yeah, Cassius Marsh. Yeah, the Pokemon. Yeah, I, don't, guy. I don't really want to see him anytime soon. Starting for the Steelers, that would terrify me. And T.J. Watt, you know, he's our he's our best player, I think, and he's got no backup. So I placed him number two. Okay, I had exactly the same line of thought. But I ended up putting Alex Highsmith as number two, because, oh. because I think I'm expecting TJ Watt to step up and be the elite player that he he always is. So I've got, I've got actually you've got uh, with a spoiler alert, I've got TJ at four, but I think that Highsmith is 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 a slightly more important because yes he had a fantastic rookie season, but if he doesn't step up, doesn't continue that on that curve, it's big trouble. Big trouble. So I've, I've got Highsmith number two. Yeah, but who would you rather lose to injury, Highsmith or Watt? See, that's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah, I can see that point as well. Obviously, if TJ Watt goes down, then then we are, you know, we're boned. But but I, I think that if, you know, you're hoping that anyone opposite Watt can produce, I guess, is, is, is the counter argument to what I'm saying. But I think... It's so you know we saw the drop off when 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 Bud went down that you know Highsmith came in but there was a drop off, but given that there's so, you know such a weakness in the secondary as well which we'll get onto, I think I think this pass rush is so important and I think you need you need pressure from both both sides, and I think this is a massive season for Highsmith and I really hope I think that he can step up in you know I think he can surprise people he was drafted higher than people were expecting but I think he showed that in his rookie season he had massive potential. I think if he if he can step up and be like a dominant force off the edge next to TJ Watt, I think that will really get this you know this riddle you know, Swiss cheese secondary out of a lot of trouble. But I, I cannot totally understand. You know, TJ Watt was in the conversation for me definitely for this number two spot. So I get I get your point. You know, if if, if TJ Watt goes down, that's big bother. Yeah, and I understand what you're saying as well. Um, I, I think that that's a little tiny bit of a like a difference in criteria i think than what i use but i you're on we're on the same track both of us i think so i, I get it yeah who wants to go next uh, yeah I, i'll go because i've got something a bit different and I, I like that i'm continuing this train in the off season in the draft season you said oh simon's anti Najee. well now i think he's the second most important player on this team <laughs> I, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, maybe I'm just scared, and we'll, you know, you're going to see this through my top five. Maybe I'm just scared about last year's experience, but I think the guy who, when we talk about what's important this year, what's important is the run game. After Ben, that's what is going to be most important to this offense that couldn't move last year. Yeah, there's all kind of concerns on the defense, but if this run game doesn't go because Najee Harris shows up and looks like a, a wet dog off the beach, then that's going to be no good. We, we need the Najee Harris that was advertised, so I think he's number two for me oh man if the nerds are right you know and i include myself in that that <laughs> running backs don't matter and it's all about the line and the blocking and the scheme and Najee is just getting drilled you know two light two yards behind the line of scrimmage uh, that is going to be so depressing and so deflating for this franchise i really hope i really hope the nerds are wrong yeah i'm yeah. absolutely with you on the on the Najee putting number number two I mean, you could quite easily put the whole running back group at number two because, like I say, what if Najee isn't that guy? Then you've got to rely on Benny Snell. Benny Snell's got to step up. And then you've got McFarland who's got to manage to get past the line of scrimmage. And you've got a whole list of problems after that. So you could quite easily put the whole group of guys at number two. But yeah, Najee, is, if he doesn't work out, we're, we're boned, man. We're 
I think we're on our arse, I think, if he doesn't work out. Not to put too much pressure on the rookie if he's listening. I doubt he is. But, um, but yeah, that's uh, it's a it's a important important position this year. It's got to get going. Yeah, it, it's true. And uh, in fact, we all had Big Ben as a clear cut number one. I think almost as important as Big Ben is Matt Canada and and the influence that he's going to have and the the, the the like the window dressing and the schematic change and the the influence he could have on on Big Ben and RJ. So in, in a way, Matt Canada is the most important thing that's going to happen to this offense. But yeah, I think you're right. Off- offensively. Najee is the second most important thing on offense after Big Ben. Where you got Najee, Rich? I got Najee at four. Okay. Because I figure if Najee goes down, it sucks really bad. But, you know, we do have Snell. We do have McFarland. And I like those guys' chances better than Cassius Marsh. Okay, Gav, where are we going okay. next? What, you've got the list in front of you, so I kind of rely on you a bit. <laughs> okay. So number three, I've got, in, in a similar vein to Highsmith, I've got Cam Sutton at number three. Mm. Now, Whoa. that might be a surprise. I just think he he is being thrust into that number two corner role, you know, whether he stays outside all the time or, you know, plays outside and then moves inside and someone comes in you know, like Lane or Pierre or whoever plays outside and he goes to slot. I think he's so important. How he, if he if he doesn't produce, doesn't step up, doesn't doesn't meet expectations or exceed them, there's problems. Like you know, what what was the who was the coach? Was it the Giants coach to find the fish, find the fish in the defense and target them? I I really hope Cam Sutton isn't the fish in this defense. He he needs to be solid. You know, yeah. so I think it's really important for the Steelers defense how good he plays, so that's why I ranked him at number three. Yeah, makes total sense. Yeah, I, I had him... I, similar to what Rich is saying, I think obviously I have come at this slightly differently, but I agree with what you said, and that's why I put him in the top ten. I put him at, at ten. Um, so I've jumped way ahead, sorry. But yeah, that is the same reason that I had him there, just because he's going to be thrust into a position we've never seen anything from him. He's going to be wildly more important than he was last year, we think. Mm. So... Are you guys positive that he is going to play that other corner? That he won't well, he won't slot corner and Justin Lane might start that corner because I'm not 100 percent sure he is going to be. I'd be surprised. I think I think he's going to get. I think he's in the the driving seat in training camp. I mean, maybe I'd love it if someone solidified that outside spot, that number two spot. But I think he's he's earned it at this point. I don't know. I think he must be favorite for that. Mm, okay. Yeah, I just kind of I I just put him kind of with Lane and um, and Pierre. I mean, they're all almost the same person to me. They, none of them have done anything really to – Sutton's probably – I think Sutton's a little better than those other two, but none of them done, have done anything great to really set each of them apart from the other to me. That kind of – you know. But, um, yeah. I guess, I guess Sutton has that kind of uh, – a sort of trust level. I trust Sutton a little bit, you know, because he's been that kind of Swiss army man in, in the defense, you know, he's, he can do all of those positions quite well. But what worries me, he's not been tested outside. He's not, he's not played. He's not locked down that outside position. That's, that's what worries me. Right. So this is, this is the test, you know, and unless they bring in, you know, all the players we've talked, we've, we've talked about before, you know, ultimately Richard Sherman, but any other kind of corners outside that they could bring in, maybe, maybe that does happen. 
after training camp. But if not, Sutton's really important, I think. Mm-hmm. Where'd you where'd you have where did you put Sam? I have Sutton at um thirteen. Okay. Dave, where'd you put him? I had him down at nine on my list. Okay. All right. Okay. I like that. So we're all kind of obviously. I get where you're coming from, uh, Gap, but we've all got him as an. You know, we, we all we all view him as that important guy outside, or, or that that's the importance of him, right? If he can solidify that outside position, then that's a huge boon for this defense. Hmm. Right. Who's going next? Uh, well, we're doing it like this. I, I've got TJ Watt at number three, who obviously we've already discussed. Yeah, I'm at four. Dave, where do you have TJ? I had him three. Okay. Rich had him at two. So, uh, where are we? So, number four. This is getting complicated already. Hang on. <laughs> three. Right, I need to record that. Okay. Uh, so, none of you had High Smith. I'll, I'll leave High Smith to sink down in your rankings. So, um, sorry, who do you have fourth? So number four and five are a little bit interchangeable for me, and you could say, well, I have number four, Zach Banner, and number five, Chuck Zakorafor, because the tackles need sorting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, from think, I think so far my list is the same as yours, even though I've somehow managed to convince myself it's a different approach. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that tackle position is, well, they've clearly marked them... They've pinned their flag to the mast, haven't they, with what they want to do with those tackles and those guys have have got the have got the role. And Banner, with him being out most of the last season, I think what he played a game. Did he play a game and a half yeah, or something yeah. like that, or even think, not even that? I think that one game. You know, yeah. it, it's just a huge lack of physicality in that line, and you can't pin it all on one guy. Surely you can't get expect one guy to change the whole that whole mentality of the entire offensive line. But it's a he's a big part of it, right? He's he's not just a a big imposing physical character he's a character as well that's surely going to lift everyone and and give everyone that extra bit of drive i think um so yeah i'd put banner above chucks for sure and i think chucks if this year doesn't work out for him i think he's probably going to be struggling to find a a role in this in this uh, lineup he's um I don't know. I've got my eye on him. I'm, I'm not entirely convinced by Chucks at the moment. Yeah, I, I am so glad had, about. Had... Sorry, that's no, right. I was, was going to just... say. So you just had yeah. Banner at four and Chucks at five. Dave, just yes. want to clarify. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are you going to say, sir? I I did um and ah a little bit about this because I do think that one or both of these guys could be pulled at a moment's notice. You know, we, we've yeah. got Joe Haig. You know, came from Tampa, and we've got. Um, uh, Dan Moore got drafted right, and not that I think he's going to be ready necessarily, but we've got some of these swing guys and depth pieces now where I don't think the rope is going to be super long for either of these guys. So, you know, we could look back at this in a year and say, well, oh, you know, Chucks didn't play any role in the 2021 season because, you know, X person took over for him and, and we didn't look back. But And that's a risk exactly. of this, but yeah. Sorry, Rich. No, exactly. That's why I don't have them rated that high. You, you hit it exactly the way I looked at it. It's... It, Play isn't outstanding enough for them to really be missed greatly if they go down. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. There's somebody behind them that's maybe a little worse, but not much. Yeah, not much. So, is are we really going to sacrifice that much if these guys go down? So that's why I don't have them rated super high. 
I think I, I suppose know, the way out... who's who's behind them. I mean, Joe Haig has been legitimately bad. <laughs> Did you see four like four last year? <laughs> yeah, but Joe Haig has been even worse, man. He's been like not even. I I really don't know what they were doing with the Joe Haig signing. I I, I hope I'm wrong, but he he doesn't right. look like you can stick him out there at all. And then Dan Moore, obviously, he's a rookie. I mean, let's let's all fingers crossed that he pans out, you know, in training camp. But I don't know, man. I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure what about the the depth behind these guys at all. What about this Jaron Jones? Yep. Okay. That, that's, you know, I mean, I, mean I, I don't know. I just feel like I don't think they're that much better. I think they're better, and I think the Steelers value them because mostly because of their experience and and understanding the system. But their play was like you know Banner I have rated in the top ten, but Okorafor was horrible. I mean he was horrible. I mean you're you know your guys at PFF you 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 saw how they rated him didn't they rate him he wasn't even in the top sixty four. Yeah. Right. I mean come on how can you do any worse than that how could you really think Dan Moore Jr. right out of college is going to be that much worse once he understands the system I don't. You so know? where'd you put him? Chucks? Yeah, uh, Chucks and Banner. Wait, 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 number wait, wait. 20. Chucks is number 20. Banner is wow. number 10. Okay. I think what I'll just wow. say, what I'll say though is what, because I agree with what you're saying, Rich. I, I don't think that the drop-off is necessarily that, that huge, but I think this is more just for me uh, a nod to the position as well. You know, the, these are the starting tackles right now. Uh, and yeah, you know, that's what I say. It could look silly when, when he comes out and, and, you know, Dan Moore takes over or whatever, but that's just a nod to this position is hugely important and, and I'm projecting it both ways yeah you know they, they might suck and they might get pulled but also they, they'd be hugely important if Chuck's tomorrow showed up and he's the next coming of you know the, the next great right tackle or whatever right so he's important in that sense that position is hugely important he's the starting right tackle and, and that's why I suppose I have them rated so highly if that makes sense yeah I put Chuck's at six because I'm, I'm terrified that he's he's the only left tackle on this roster that can can protect Ben, yeah. and it, 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 you know, yes, he's been poor, but he he was drafted what fourth round was it? And you know, the, he's a developmental tackle. You hope that tackles improve every year. That the, the the staff obviously have confidence in him. I'm seriously concerned if he goes down. There's there's nobody that can protect Ben, and he's just going to get hurt, you know, around the edge. So uh, for me, he was he's very important that he he develops. I completely understand what you're saying. I think my criteria is a little bit different. It's it's actually really close. It's minutely different, but I look at it more like, you know, the position is important, yes. But if you don't have an elite player at that position, when he goes down, you don't see it as much. You don't you don't it doesn't hurt the team as much as if you would have had if we have one of the best left tackles in the game, I mean that guy's gonna be in the top three obviously but because we don't if he goes down you're not you're not getting destroyed as badly as you would if you expected so much more and this guy's play was so much better even though the position is really really important the guy is not elite so that's so i kind of my my list is kind of the guys who i think are you know they're elite and they're also uh their, their backups just don't compare they don't right. come even close. So that, I think we did a little different criteria. I get you. I get you. But for me, it's like Chucks is on a knife edge of, of whether he's actually a viable left tackle. Like it's it's a question mark, right? It's, yeah. it's not certain. So yeah, not, I don't have a question about him. <laughs> right. So you're saying he's non-viable. So, okay. So in your mind, it doesn't matter who's there. You just put anyone out there. He it scares me to death. 
Yeah. Okay. Guys, that, that's my biggest concern going into the season. I, I'm really concerned about Ben just ending up on his backside constantly. And, the, you know, I, I just, you know, I hope I'm wrong. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, we've already said it. Who, who, who else is there, man? He's the only hope. And he's like, you know. Go Dan Moore. <laughs> right. okay, I genuinely so been any anyone that can play left tackle in at this slot well, should have been on for my this list. exercise. I I genuinely like that we come at it from a slightly different nuance because at the end of the day we add these up and we come up with, together with a list that I think balances out in the end. You saw that last year, so I quite like that. Yeah, yeah. cool. It's cool. Uh, okay, who, where where are we next? Where do we get up to go? Uh, well, that's taken us to four and five on your guys' list. So, uh, Rich is kind of all over the place. One, two, three. Who's your number three, Rich? Minka. Oh, yeah, you did say that. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, Minka's way down on my list. I've got Minka down at 15. Man. But I, wow. I think really I think maybe. I, yeah. Remember, remember what we were like before Minka? And Minka <laughs> came in and bam. Yeah, I think I, I'm kind of discounting injury. So, I think I – think, um, Maybe this is a mistake on my part, but I was kind of thinking in terms of performance, I don't need Minka to step up. I just need Minka to – I'm prepared for Minka to regress. If Minka pro- regresses a little bit, that's fine. He can just – you know, I, I don't need him to, to upkeep this kind of elite level of play. But I guess if, if you're coming at it from an injury point of view, that if Minka goes down, then yeah, absolutely. This secondary has, 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 no, has no business being on the field. I mean, it, it, it's shot – so, so I understand. Maybe I've got that a little bit low, but I was kind of thinking from the position of Minka's Minka's play can regress, and I I'm not worried about Minka. So I kind of I, I, I maybe sunk him a little bit too low. Yeah, I do think Minka get gets that little bit of a discount sometimes in this this kind of activity because you almost think, oh, well, it's, it's almost the same thing with TJ Watt, but obviously TJ Watt gets all the headlines. You just kind of discount. Well, Minka's going to be Minka, you know. So exactly. I, I have Minka at eight. That that's it just doesn't a, take away. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Sorry, what did you say, Rich? No, I was just saying it doesn't take away his importance to the team. No, you're just that you're just saying that you you expect him to do what he does, but that doesn't mean he's not super important to the team. Because I, I think he's I think behind TJ, he's the second most important player on the defense. I get you. Yeah, he, he creates you know along with Cam Hayward as well. That's the character of you know that's the spine of the of the team. Yes, I get you. I, I hear you. Yeah. So maybe maybe I've got him a little too low. I, I, I acknowledge that. Where you got him, Dave? What's that, Minka? Yeah, I've got him at eight. Oh, Dave, okay. we, you wow, you my list. Inside, really in lost. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize. Okay, but uh, we've copied each other's list. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I had him at fourteen, not fifteen. Still probably too low. So wow, okay, interesting. So where should we go next? So who you got at uh, six? At number six, I have Joe Hayden. Um, okay. The corner uh, we've already talked about with Cam Sutton, right? But the cornerback position is troubling at best, and I think Joe Hayden is supremely important because, well, a as Richard said with injury, I mean, it would just be. I think he might be the guy I don't want to lose to injury most outside of outside of Ben. But uh, forgetting that, I mean, if we see serious regression out of Joe Hayden, we have no cornerback. We have no viable cornerback. So uh, that that would be one of the doomsday scenarios for this team. Yeah, I mean, we were talking last season, weren't we, about how Hayden seemed to step step slower than the season before, and he's another year older now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the regression, well, you'd hope that the regression isn't going to continue, but uh, not not that he's he's had some massive drop off. I'm not no, saying he he's yeah. suddenly he's suddenly disappeared. He's he's still playing to a high level. It's just there's times in the situations where you see him 
just not reacting in the same way as you expect out of them, and the the, the speed of reaction isn't quite there. Um, but what what's who are you can replace Joe Hayden with at the moment? Who, you know what's what's the depth there? Yeah, so it's it's a concern. I'd I'd, I'd put someone that uh, someone else above him in in my uh, in my list. But yeah, he's definitely a important guy this year. So where you got him? I have him at seven. God, nice of you to change at one pick day, just so they didn't think we were well, copying off each other. That's good. Well, this this is how you do it with homework. You, <laughs> see. you just you change the name and you move a few around. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Rich? Where you got where you got him? Where I have Cam. Joe Hayden. No, uh, Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden. Uh, Joe Hayden. I have at five. Okay. Yeah, I've fallen victim to my same train of thought. I've got him down at eleven, um, but I think I think that's the same thing. Like I'm kind of expecting. I'm, ex- I'm kind of expecting him to decline a little bit, but just to to deliver a, a sort of safe floor. So I, I've got some other people ahead of him that we're going to get on to a minute. But uh, you know, obviously, it's the same with Minka. Really important player. You know, if the, like you say, if it go down, I'm kind of not. I'm, I'm maybe I've messed my list up because I'm not kind of thinking about injury. I'm just thinking about production. But um, I tell you who I got next. I've got uh, Bush at seven. I just think this is you know we we, we had such high high hopes for Bush going in last year. I think, you know, this, this secondary is going to be a hell of a lot worse. I think, you know, the, the pass rush isn't going to be getting home as much. And I think Bush is going to be vital to, to, you know, hit athleticism in, 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 you know, in the backfield, in the, in the secondary, you know, trying to cover, you know, the, the, the second level cleanup role. I think it's going to be more important than it was last year. So I, I, I think Bush is, this is a big season for Bush. You know, this is the time for him to, to really stamp his authority on the league. You know, he's been kind of forgotten about yeah. a little bit. I think he's, you know, been totally underrated in, in a lot of ways. I think, you know, not, 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 not stepped up, not performed in a way. And, you know, the injury didn't help. So this, this is a massive season for him. Yep. Huge season for him and, and a huge season for the team in, in, in his importance, right? Because, you know that we, that linebacker core, although it's been uh, added to depth-wise, we were concerned about the depth earlier in the in the off-season. I think he is the only option we have for high-end production there. You know, N- no one else is going to bring you anything like what Devin Bush is going to bring us right now. So I also have myself. Okay, Rich, where you got him? I have Devin Bush at nine. Okay, Dave. I have him at eleven. Um. But I'm not the like we haven't seen a lot out of Bush, have we? So it's sort of you. I, I I sort of felt a bit weird when I put him that high up. I thought, is that a right spot to put him? Because you know he's obviously very highly drafted and he's obviously got the natural talent. But it's it, it, we haven't seen enough of Bush yet. Obviously, he's important, but. When you haven't seen enough of a guy and, and his impact on his full impact on the defense yet, it feels hard to say he's massively important. Do you understand what I mean? I, I still believe in in Bush. I, I think he's being slept on a little bit. Um, I, I think you saw signs with with the, and I hope he keeps the speed. You know, after the injury and, and that and that that's going to be a big question. But you definitely saw the playmaking. There was mistakes. There definitely was mistakes, and you hope that's the stuff that clears up. But you saw the athleticism and you saw the playmaking ability from that that spot. That 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 is something that you can't teach a guy, and and you don't. That's rare. That's rare in the NFL. So I still have some belief there that that this might turn around a little. I mean, it's it's crazy to me that we're even talking about it like this. I mean, I remember last season. This, 
you know, this was this was the year. You know, this was going to be. It almost feels like we've 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 readjusted and we've gone too negative. Almost. I don't know if that. I don't know if people feel that way, but yeah, maybe yeah. a bit of recency bias. Overcorrection a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like we've all done that with the running game and the importance of that. I, mm. I do feel that there's massive overreaction. I worry, I worry that the franchise is doing that, and the whole the whole off season is going to be about the running game, and the, and the past game is going to be neglected. But yeah. let's see. Mm. Probably not. Right, where are we? Um, Dave, you've got one, two, three, four, five. I've got uh, number six. Ready yeah, number six. Yeah, number six. Who you got number well, six? It, it's sort of two guys. It could be interchangeable because it depends <laughs> on who gets the position. It's between, in my mind, who's going to end up at centre. Who's it's and to me, it's between Green potentially and uh, and BJ Finney. And there's obviously Hassenauer in there as well, who's had a bit of experience, but I don't know how convinced are you guys on Hassenauer? Uh, not that convinced. He's a, he's a backup. Yeah. So it's sort of whichever of those gets the position, uh, which does no favours for your numbering system, I know, Gav. <laughs> so. I'll, I'll get that. I'll tell you what I did, Dave, because for the exact same reason as you, um, but because I knew I was only going to pick one name, what I, what I ended up doing really was just discounting it a little bit. So I had Kendrick Green on the list, but I put him at 16. Um, right. And I agree with you. I think the position maybe warrants it to be a little bit higher, but because that that's going to be an argument there, that there's both two guys could be uh, competing for that position. Uh, I just sort of shot my shot and put him where he was. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I would encourage you to choo- choose your guy. <laughs> I mean, given Finney has more experience and um, is the seasoned, uh, seasoned guy, I'd probably put Finney above him at the moment I think even if they want Green a start at some point I don't think maybe he's going to start straight away yeah uh, so I'm guessing that Finney's going to get the first shot of the first roll of the dice and see how well he does and then if it doesn't work out then Green comes in I think that might be the way it goes maybe so I'll probably go with Finney above Green but I need to make a, I need to make out like a 6.5 can I make a 6.5 <laughs> Dave <laughs> for Green Dave, I did the exact same thing. I put whoever wins centre, and I put it at number ten. So, right. Not, not I, think, I think that's that fair enough. That doesn't play with our rules. <laughs> well, I don't know. How are you going to add I up that system? doing this last year. No, I've got green slash Finney, so I can, I can, I can, I can divide divide it on the points. But I think for me, it's whoever wins that centre job because you're unlikely you're unlikely to switch, aren't you? Unless unless the place stinks. Oh yeah, sure. I just mean this isn't the the twenty five position groups most important to the Steelers twenty twenty one season. This is the twenty five players. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's one of those positions where if, if your guy starts and they're okay, then you just stick with them. So okay. Uh, but you know, we're kind of dipping in and out of that though. We're kind of we're kind of sometimes we're doing most important position groups. Sometimes we're doing most important player. It's kind of kind of you know what I mean. Have you guys noticed that? Or is yeah. It, um, so it, so it out, guys. I guess that's the exercise, though. It's so hard, isn't it? I mean, it's like it you've got positional value, and then a lot, of go, a lot of things go into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, wait, wait, who, what, who have you got, Rich? You got Green and Finney, or you got what? What you got here? I, you know, I'm being, I'm being the eternal optimist, and I'm going to say that Green is going to just destroy it from day one. He's going to mm-hmm. win the position from day one, and I don't know how good he's going to be, though. So, I have him at twenty-one. Wow. Okay. Wow. So the center position. Yeah, yeah it's, it's important, but I'm not. You know, I'm not basing it on how important it is. I'm basing it on how good, how important I think he is. You know, his play will be to the team, and I just, he just yeah. doesn't, hasn't done anything yet. Yeah. 
Right. So, so I, I, I'm kind of with you. I think, I think it's going to be, you know, hopefully it's green. You know, the 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 upside of green is massive, but they've got the floor of Finney. So it's one of these two guys. But I, I think it's pretty important. You know, that that QB center exchange, pretty important with Ben. And you know, I think the center of this this line is is going to be. The, the strength, I think the tackle is going to be the weakness. So I think, you know, as long as they've got like a solid centre there. So I, I, I think it's pretty important. So I put it at 10th. Where, where do you put it, Si? Uh, well, I, I put Kendrick Green at 16. And, and similar to what Richard said, I, I did that because I think Kendrick Green will eventually win out this job. And because you know BJ Finney is there in the background regardless of what happens. So that's why I did it that right. way. I discounted the position a little bit because of that. Kind of what Richard's been saying, right? The, 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 the that's exactly how I did Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair I mean, if you if you believe the hype of what the Steelers are putting out on their sort of uh, training camp media, hmm. Green's getting a lot of hype out of it. They so, are pushing him. Yeah. You know, maybe there is something in that, but maybe it's a lot of hot air. I don't know. You know, there's there's still there's still a lot of talk around around Finney. They still, you know, they clearly like the guy. So I don't know. It's um. There's only there's only a few people that know, right? And it's none of them are us. I'm I'm I don't know I don't know about you guys, but I'm really excited about our interior line. I mean, we have now possibly two guys are going to be starting that are just have a mean streak, right? They're tough, they're good, they're strong, they're mean. And then you have DeCastro over there with all his experience to just keep them in line, just keep them focused. I, I'm so I'm so psyched about the possibilities of our interior line. Yeah, yeah, I'm cautiously yeah. excited, <laughs> you know, because um, I I do have worries about it. But but yeah, I agree. I mean, the, it's off the charts, right? That what could happen. But then I start to think about, oh yeah, but Kendrick Green's like the smallest center in the league, and and David DeCastro showed a massive drop off last year. Is he going to come back up? And so so yeah, cautiously excited. <laughs> okay, Rich, who you got at six? I didn't give you my five yet. He did, Joe Hayden. Oh, did I? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Wow, you're, on, you're sharp. You, very good. Okay. <laughs> I got that one right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're on it. You're you on got it. Anything, anything extra you want to add to Joe Hayden? You feel no, like got... no, I think, you know, you guys explain it perfectly. Um, six, I have Cam. Cam Hayward. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, clearly very important player. I've got him at, I've got him at 13. But again, again, this is, is down to me. Kind of discounting the players that I think, I, I, you know, I think this year it's it's about the the kind of second tier of players that need to to step up and hit the holes and, and match. You know, I'm expecting a little regression from the kind of elite players, and you know, as long as those two things can meet somewhere in the middle, that, that's fine with me. But you, so you you really rating Hayward, Rich? Is important. Oh yeah, I mean, he and two at I have two at seven. I have camp six to a seven. I mean, they're. Such a huge part of our defense, and then they're both really great, great players. And I, I don't care for. I think their their importance. You know, a big part of their importance is who's backing them up. You know, um, you know our wide receivers are awesome, but they're so deep, right? So I don't have any yeah. of those ranked in the top ten because if Juju goes down, we still have Johnson, we still have Claypool, we still have Washington. But you know, Cam and Tuit, man, oh, they're so important. We need them healthy. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, that's why I didn't have any of the wide receivers in the top ten as well. I, I I found myself thinking the exact same thing, and as I was going down the list, I was like, I, 
just think all these players yeah. are important. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I also put Cam Hayward at 13 as well as you, Gavda. Okay. Dave, where'd you have him? Uh, 14. All right. Okay. So he averages about... It's, let's see if he averages out in the top 10 when we when we totalise the scores. That's interesting. Uh, so you've done 6-7. We've all done 6-7. So, uh, Rich, you got 8. That'll catch eight. us up. I have Alex Highsmith. Okay. Yeah. I can get on board with that. I don't, uh, I don't think I gave my Alex Highsmith. I've got Alex Highsmith at 9 as well. Just to help you out. All right. That does help me out. Dave, where you got Highsmith at? Uh, 13. Okay. So it seems like my two is a bit of a reach, but you know that, that's that's the angle. <laughs> I must I went admit, with. Alex Highsmith. I mean, even if we accept that, you know, your argument about I think we all agree, right? But about how important he is needing to step up to Dupree and be on the other side of TJ Watt. Even then, I don't think he'd be number two. I mean, really? that, that position even wouldn't be. Number, I mean, I've got TJ Watt at number three. So yeah, I mean, I've got I've got TJ Watt at number four. I mean, I just think that, that this this defense starts and ends with the pass rush. Of course, so it does. I just well, think well, if it's a big drop off trouble big trouble and it's a rookie i mean highsmith with a rookie you, you can't rely on on linear progression from from him you know he, he could he could regress i think he's hugely important but i thought he was hugely important at, at nine <laughs> sure but he's still top 10 yeah. yeah okay i'll go with my number nine and it's again it's one of these whoever solidifies the third corner spot so i've got lane slash secure brown slash james pierre so maybe you know Maybe you know, plant your flag in the dirt somewhere. I, I, I'm going to put it in Lane. I've I've always been a fan of Lane. You know, I know that you know we've had the the felony, you know, whatever he got off that, the gun issues. We've had seen the mistakes on the field, but I, th- I think the physical tools are there. I just think you know if he if he can come in and be that kind of you know, he can take some of the pressure off Cam Sutton and you know not not have, you know, I put Cam Sutton being number third on the list. He could elevate that importance from from Cam Sutton, and you know, so he. So I put I put so him, but it could be Shakur Brown if he has a good a good camp or James Pierre. I think that's top ten importance that number three corner slot. Ooh. I like that. Uh, we're getting into the interesting bit now, where we're going to get to players that you know might not even be on everyone's list. <laughs> is that is that what you're saying? You're not even on the list. Yeah, he's not on my list. I None do, of those three. I do have no. I do have one of those guys. I I, I put James Pierre at number ninety. Okay. Because my hope is that he has two options there to come in and, and try and make some impact on that secondary. And again, that's me planting a flag. But yeah, I think me and you are on the same page on this exercise, Simon. Yes. <laughs> it's always good to be on the same page as Rich. It's a good place to be. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you, Rich? I I think Pierre is going to beat out Lane, and I have him at twenty three. Okay. Dave? I had Lane at 20, uh, mostly because I think Sutton's going to be the guy. Um, I sort of, then I started thinking, well, who's behind Sutton? And then it was Lane. So, yeah, that was my thinking, really. Pierre wasn't really on my list. So. It's, okay. it's Pierre season this year, boys. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it's going to be it's gonna be a great camp battle. And, you know, thank God we've got the preseason again. You know, to be able yeah. to watch these games where we can watch these battles and we can have podcasts about the battles since we were robbed of that last year. Uh, anyway, um, so who got 11? Uh, did I do number 10, yeah? 
You got that? And number 10 I've got for you is Cam Sutton. Okay, good, yeah. Okay, I'm, do, I'm doing Rich again. None uh, of you have outsmarted me yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, at 11, I put DiCastro. Um, I think I touched on that already a little bit just because of the regression a little bit last year. I think it's going to be hugely important to this line as a whole to see where he ends up on that spectrum this year. Yeah, it's fair enough. I mean, you know, great player, fantastic player, leader on the on the line. Is he is he declining? Probably. Could he bounce back? He could. Um, but yeah, massively important. You know, so I I had him down at sixteen, um, and I had I have I've got Dotson here at the, at this kind of range where you've got. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I almost switched those. I put Dotson at fourteen. Right. So I've got Dotson at twelve, but. It could be, you know, for if De Castro steps up and be the leader, he's going to be massively important too. You know, this run game is important. You know, he's 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 the experienced head on the team. So yeah, where you got De Castro, Dave? De Castro, I had at. Uh, sorry, I haven't even numbered, so I'm having to count every time. Um, <laughs> Rookie mistake, though, Dave. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've got him at uh, thirty. Um, sorry, twelve. Um, like you say, it's that the regression is, is a concern, and he's he's like a perennial Pro Bowler, which sort of mm. it's clearly it clearly shows that it's a name recognition thing, right? Yeah, didn't he make so the Pro Bowl it, last year? <laughs> yeah, on, on a season there, he's kind of not really done anything and disappeared from the team despite playing every game. You know, he's gone he's gone from being like the elite pulling guard to kind of just disappearing in the run game, completely floundering. So it's um. Yeah, but we we need to see something out of De Castro this year to to prove that we're not all just voting Pro Bowlers because they're a Steeler. He's a player who's at a crossroads of anyone on this team, I think. Yeah, well, there's a few, I'd say, Joe Hayden. But but I don't know. I, yeah, well, I think yeah, I think Joe Hayden is is kind of on a linear progression. You know, I, I know where Joe Hayden, what direction he's heading in, and what speed he's heading in it at, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know with De Castro. I think it could go either way. Right. What you got, uh, De Castro, Rich? Fifteen. Okay. You're not worried. I'm sorry. You're not worried. You're not worried about De Castro. You think he's going to be solid? Yeah, I think I think he'll be okay. I, I think so. I, you know, I, <clears throat> I'm trying to think positive about our whole offensive line if I can. Right. That makes sense. Right. Uh, Dave, who you got number ten? Number ten, I have Eric Ebron. Ooh. Um, again, again, a bit of a regression thing. A big case of the dropsies. He's not a blocking guy, which is, I think, is why we've got Fryermuth in there, who's again not entirely a blocking tight end, but he can. He's got the the size and the physicality to be sort of coached into that, but. I want to see something out of Ebron that I mean there was there was a, there was a time when it was I think Gavard sort of coined the term of third in Ebron right it it, it was mm. he was the guy to go to and then it was a kind of similar sort of feeling with him and Deontay Johnson that it was will they catch it is there going to be some whole fumbling juggling the ball kind of situation like situation going on with Ebron and he's got a point to prove I think this season he's. He's he's clearly still the the third down guy. He's clearly still the red zone threat, but 
he has to maintain that. He has to maintain that role, and I think he's put himself on the edge of teetering off that and being replaced. Because you've got a guy in Frymouth now who's a receiving tight end, right? He's he's pretty much the same, but with a potential blocking um, role. Uh, so he's got he's got a lot to prove, and it's it's concerning, but he's important at the same time because he's tight end one at the moment, and he's he's got to he's got to maintain that. And if if he doesn't, he's uh, he's going to quickly be replaced, I think. Rich, where are you with me, Brom? Ebron, I have at twelve. Whoa, hi. Yeah, I I just think you know he's that athletic tight end that you know Ben looked at a lot last year. Um, I think if we lost him, you know, you're looking at Fryermuth, who's a rookie and unknown. Uh, so I, I just think he has a pretty big importance uh, on the team, and he, he opens up things too for the receivers as well. You know. So I, yeah, I think I, I had him at eleven. I had him eleven, or tw- twelve. I'm sorry. 12, right. It's it's interesting we talk about players at a crossroads. I mean, I mean, this is another guy um, who I think could go either way. I I feel like I, I almost discounted Ebron a little bit on this exercise because of the Frymouth pick. It feels like the Steelers are looking for the future of this position. Not that we ever expected Ebron to be. You know, maybe a, the long, long-term answer, but um, it's interesting. To, I think it's an interesting conversation to be had here about the first pass catcher on this list being Eric Ebron as well. Uh, I had Ebron at twenty, and he's not the first right. pass catcher on my list. And I, so, yeah, I'm just interested. Why is he the first pass catcher that you guys put down? Uh, I think for for me, it, like I said, it was that third down role. Hmm. That it's it, it's that important moving the, that that's the important part of it to me. That's moving the sticks. Um, assuming the running running game gets going, that moving the sticks is going to be a a big part of this season. And we've not had that properly for a while now. Just keeping the running game, keeping the uh, keeping the sticks moving, keeping the offense rolling. And if the drops continue throughout the offense, not just Ebron, um, there's going to be some big questions. Interesting. I nearly didn't have Ebron on my list at all. Ooh, and right. I, I did a last minute remix about an hour before we started recording and I put him back in. And then I moved him down. So I've got him down at 24. Um, now, it's interesting because I really liked Ebron's production last year, despite the drops. I mean, the drops are fleeting. You know, they could not have been drops. He was in a position. He was he was a good target for Ben. I like what he did. I think, I think he's going to be a part of the offense that's important this year. But I think there's, you talk about pass catchers. I think there's going to be other pass catchers can be more important. And I think long-term, I think he's, you know, I think the Steelers would like to be able to replace him with, uh, Frymouth. And, you know, I, I think this offense is going to change. And I think his role in the offense is going to be reduced this year. And I think we're going to see a phasing out of Ebron. I could be wrong. You know, but I, that was I agree a little bit. That's, that's why I lowered him down as well. I think I think the exact same thing. I think his role will be a little bit more reduced than we saw last year. I I don't think so. He, he's an he even though he drops the ball, he's a he's a matchup nightmare for defenses. You know, he he's like you know he's a lesser version, you know, of these elite tight ends, Kelsey and you know these other guys. 
but he's still real athletic and he has good speed and and I think Ben's going to rely on him every bit as much as he did last year. Uh, I would have had him ranked higher than 12 if he could block. He'd be in my top 10 if he could block. That's the thing. I think I think yeah. they're going to want players that can stay on the field and move around. And I think the 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 issue with with Ebron is he can't block, right? So you know when he's on the field he's going to be a pass catcher. So I think they're going to try and get patting and, and get him to be blocking and catching so we'll see and you know it's it, it's it could go either way it's interesting i mean going back to ebron's uh drops not not to uh, over over the point but it, it's it, it, i went back over sort of looking at what the, the drops that ebron had and a lot of them were ones where because he, he separates amazingly there's not many tight ends that can separate like he does but he gets both hands on the ball and there's not a defender around him and it bounces out of his hands. That's the kind of thing I would do. It's kind of the thing where I, I'd i have both hands on the ball and it'd hit my... Th- I just hear a dull thud as it hits my chest. That's the kind of thing I would do. It's not a thing that you'd expect out of a professional tight end. The, those are the con- concentration drops I were talking about with DJ last year. It, it's It's so frustrating that a guy that could be such a massive threat and such a target having these important drops and he's got to get that shit sorted out man I'm expecting him to clean clean those drops up a little bit this year I think I think the Steelers were incredibly unlucky with all the drops they had I don't don't see that happening again you make your own luck Gav (laughs) I certainly hope you're right Um, okay who's I'll tell you what Gav I'm going to use my one Nip to the bathroom token. So you introduce the next guy. <laughs> You're playing. Well, I was going to go to you next because I haven't got okay. your number twelve. Okay, so well, why I'll don't you talk about? Who, yeah, yeah. Who's your number twelve? And uh, then we'll. Then my number twelve go, is yeah, Stefan Tuitt. So we'll go to the next guy because we spoke a bit about it. But Stefan Tuitt, because I put him and Cam Hayden in a similar position. Um, I agree with what Rich said about how important this position is. I just looked at other guys and you know couldn't move them any further up the list. But um, yeah, at twelve and thirteen, I had Tuitt and Cam Hayward. So you had two it above, above Cam Hayward. Yeah, there's there's not really a great deal in that to be honest. It, I think two two is just a bit, bit younger. There's really not a great deal. Don't don't look too much into that. Yeah, I think I think two is massively underrated. Yeah. But, um, maybe maybe I've underrated him because I put him down at seventeenth. But I think that's just because of the strength of the position. Yeah. And there's so yeah. many backups ready to come in and stuff. But yeah, I mean, two it and Hayward when they're when they're both going at it. I mean, it's it's a great sight to see. So. Mm-hmm. Where where do you have uh, Hayward uh, to it? So I know you had him at, at seven, Rich. You you thought he was really important. Where do you have him, Dave, to it? I had him at fifteen. I mean, it, it's not to. I'm not trying to undersell him at fifteen because like two, it has the potential to be one of my favourite players on this team. I I love to. I, I love his is like you talk about aggression, and this is an aggressive aggressive line. And I think it, it, it's um I think to it with him being injured last season and. But in the lead up to that, and before he was injured, he was on such a roll, and he could, he was on he was in line to be like a pro bowler, and it, it was he was having a great season, and it's it, I, I want him to continue that, and if he doesn't, not that we're gonna have issues because there's depth, there's, there is depth there, but I, I really want him, I want him to to get going because. There's so much potential there in him, and it's we've we've not seen it all yet. It's there, and it, it's itching to get through. But it, it's um, again, it's kind of frustrating. They just not got 
got the opportunity. Yeah. I agree. I think he's out of all of the players on this team. He's he's the one that's knocking on being elite. I think. Yeah. I think if Definitely. you know if the Cam is kind of this could be peak Cam coming into this season, and then we we could you know Father Time's undefeated or whatever. It could you know Father Time could start come knocking on Cam. I think too it could be you know in that kind of Hall of Fame discussion possibly. You know if things pan out, I think he could be the next kind of leader on this defense so i think yeah. you're right yeah yeah uh rich you got a 14 14 i have uh deontay johnson right that makes sense so i've got i've got dj at 15 but he's actually my top pass catcher i think he's really important probably for the same reasons you were talking about ebron um and like Sai was saying, you know, the, the, the pass catching core is loaded. So you can kind of feel like one's going to go down. But for me, he's he's the top receiver, isn't he? I mean, he had all those drops that last year. Um, I just think he could be, you know, the, the fact that he can produce underneath, he can he can he can do some stuff with the ball in his hand. Um, why, why do you have why do you have DJ so high? Uh, same reason. I mean, Juju is actually my highest pass catcher. I kind of have him three of them crammed in there a little bit because you know the position is important and, and they're they're all really good but i just think that um when he's catching the ball and his concentration is where it should be he's really dangerous i mean he's you know he can he can break um a screen pass at any moment you know he's just so slippery kind of like um he who shall not be named was <laughs> um yeah. but uh yeah i think he's I think he's important to the team. I think if we lose him, we'll, we'll feel it. We'll be okay, but I think we would we would feel it. You've got Juju at eleven. Yeah, I skipped over that. I apologize. See, I'm I've sorry. got Juju. I've got Juju way down at twenty-two. Why? Why have you got Juju at eleven? Well, the same reason the Steelers did everything possible to re-sign this guy. I, I think he's the most important receiver on the team. He's Ben's. He, he's 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 Ben's uh, security blanket. I mean, he's he's going to catch anything that's thrown to him you know i just i i know for some reason people undervalue juju and 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 seems like a lot of people do but i think the steelers realize his importance you know and and i i i agree i think the guy is just super underrated and i think in the right atmosphere he could be a number one receiver he just you know two years ago it was ben going down and then last year it was ben not wanting to throw past five yards and you know, so nobody really stood out. It looked like we had three number twos on the team. And I and I don't think I just don't think that's the case, you know. So hopefully, you know, with a new offensive coordinator, you know, we see a more vibrant offense and the run game works and then we'll we'll get a better understanding of really, you know, how important he is to the team. Yeah, I mean I I last year was a struggle for me with Juju. I I didn't see much downfield separation. I saw I saw, you know, separation two or three yards beyond the line of scrimmage and, and physical play, but I, I didn't see that kind of game-breaking separation. I don't know. Do you, think, do you think he has it? They didn't run deep routes with Juju very often. Right. They, they, ran a, they started running some deep deep across the, across the middle routes, but, he, you know, he really didn't get the deep routes. Claypool and Washington got many more deep routes than Juju did. Yeah, but don't you think that's because they – they feel they, those guys do it better than Juju. I think it was the scheme, to be honest with you. I think they just looked, you know, they looked at Juju as being that guy with the sure hands that, 
you know, that can take something short. Like you look at Jerry Rice's highlights sometimes. Jerry Rice was not this burner that would go deep and just blow everybody away. You know, he would catch these short slants and then just he's gone. You know, he and I think that's kind of, you know, we've seen Juju do that in, in his years where he has some really nice highlights. That's what he did a lot of the times. You know, he did a shorter he did shorter routes over the middle or intermediate routes over the middle and just, you know, broke some tackles and just ran away from guys. And his his speed was deceiving. So I don't know. Last year was a weird year, though. I mean, it really was. You know, Ben. I don't know. Ben just, you know, the the patterns and that just weren't really what I think anyone expected from the receiving court. It was just a, he didn't want to throw the ball downfield or the offensive scheme didn't call for it. I don't know, but I'm, I'm just hoping for a, you know, a much different look this year. Yeah. Did you see the reports coming out of OTAs that James Washington was saying how the, the, the new scheme, they're really getting mismatches and they're moving players all about the place and to try, to try and get, find, find an opening through scheme. And then, you know, that, that guy's the hot read, the guy that's got the mismatch. That's encouraging, you know, because yeah. there's so many – any one of these receivers is, is dangerous, right? They're all dangerous. Even Washington is dangerous, you know. They're all dangerous. It's not like there's any duds out there. So if you get one of these guys against, I don't know, a linebacker or, you know, some some kind of guy that's out of position, that's exciting. So maybe, maybe we could see some breakouts, some different routes from these guys and, and some exciting stuff. So I hope yeah. you're right. We, I mean, this is the most weapons – uh, like legitimate great weapons that Ben has had since when? I mean, ever? You know, if if Najee can can live up to the hype, and that's a lot of you know that's a lot expecting from Najee. But if he can, and we already know he's a good receiver out of the backfield, he's got great hands. I mean, look at all the weapons Ben has: Najee, Fryermuth, um, Juju, Ebron, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Washington. I mean, he's loaded with weapons. So I'm getting excited, man. You're getting me excited. Buddy. <laughs> Let's hope we can get in the ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So uh, DJ. Okay. I had DJ at 15. Rich had him at 14. Where you got him, Dave? I have him at 17. All right. Sorry? Uh, I also have him at 15. He's also my top pass catcher. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think. Do you know what's crazy to think about? Last year, imagine that DJ wasn't dropping a ludicrous amount of balls. Imagine he just had like a league average drop rate. The guy would have broke out. Like, I feel like he would have been a national story. Yeah. Well, when he catches the ball, it's great. That's it, right? It, it's just it's just getting him to actually catch the damn thing. You know. So hugely important. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the one I've skipped over from my list is Dotson, who I had at 12. I think I've talked a little bit about him. So where, where, where have you guys got Dotson? Dave, where have you got Dotson? I've got him down at 22. But it's more. It's not necessarily that I don't think he's important. It's that I don't really have any concerns about Dotson. You know, he, he's come in and cemented his role nice and early on. He's that solid guy who impacts the run game, pass protects well, and he's, he's just solid. I, I haven't got any real concerns about Dotson. So I think he's important, but he he doesn't count the list because I don't have those concerns around him like I do other guys. Okay, for me it was like he needs he needs to be the guy like almost on this in the interior. But um, well, I think he is. I think he is the guy, right? Yeah, I, I, you know he was a rookie man last year, so I think it's important that he continues that. But uh, where where you guys got him? Side where you got him? Uh, I have him at fourteen. Okay, Rich. 
Okay, so he's going to average out somewhere in between those. Okay, fine. Right, okay, so we've got a nice block at the top of my thing. So where do we go next? I'll tell you what I got next. I got, I got uh, Boswell. Solid at 18. You know, no, no, you don't want to put a kicker in at this list because you don't, you don't want your kicker to be important, but they are. So I put Boswell at 18. Where, where you guys put him in? Yeah, Boswell like can just basically forever hover in this kind of position for me. I, I've put him in at um, uh, we've lost him now twenty one. I put him at twenty one. Um, I mean, it's it, forget Boswell. I mean, it's just the name, right? The kicker is going to be hugely important to any team uh, at the end of the day. So, I mean, I think Boswell when he had those troubles a few years back, if you remember, probably would have been a little bit higher. Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But I think where we where we are right now. I'm happy slotting him in there in the, the early 20s. Dave, Rich? I've put him down at 25, but I was tempted to put Presley Harvin in just for uh, just for size sake, just <laughs> just, just to um, put him into the mix. Because, um, you know, it, it's an important position. Every, every position is important, right? Um, but, yeah, but Boz, Boz is the, uh, he's the guy. I think... Um, it's it's going to be a. Well, you'd hope that you don't rely too much on the kicker. You'd hope that you're not in that position like we've been in previous seasons where you're relying on that final kick. But when you do, you, you're pretty. I've never felt uncomfortable apart from like say that one season where there was the the sort of the off off season. He was missing field goals here and there. You've, yeah, everyone feels pretty solid with with Boz. Everyone's got a lot of faith in him. I do think it's like what what Cy needs to sort of prepare for when Chloe moves in. It's like you, you can't take things for granted, you know. It's like <laughs> you have to, you know, you have to remember when times were bad and you didn't have a good kicker. So you know, don't take your kicker for granted, you know. Yeah. Rich, where do you where do you have Buzz? Yeah, I agree. I I have him at twenty four, but I I was at the game against San Diego, which was the the first game when he he played for us. You know, and there's a sitting amongst a bunch of Steeler fans, and you you remember the the troubles we had with the kicker mm-hmm. position. He kicked like two or three field goals, and everybody's like, "Yeah, we have a kicker!" Yeah, they're like freaking <laughs> out because <laughs> you don't realize how important the position is until you have a, a a guy that can't kick very well. You know, so I I I could possibly have had him higher, but I just felt like you know, there's just guys on the team that maybe are even a little more important. Um, who, who did we go through at that point? Josh Scobie. Scobie. That was the we big, had yeah. Bullock, Randy Bullock. Yeah, we did. We had Fat Randy for a Bullock. game. Yeah. yeah. Who else? There was a, some other people. Well, oh, the guy, oh, we lost. Uh, who was the guy we lost? He, the guy that was kicking. Sushi. Yes, he Sean Sweesham. Yeah, he yeah, actually yeah. kicked very well for us, Sweesham but he got great. hurt. Yeah, in the Hall of Fame game that year. Yeah. Who was that tiny guy who couldn't kick beyond like ten yards? <laughs> well, there was Matt Wright. Was it? Yeah, he, he was. He was yeah. like a, a. He was a kicker that needed to be in school the next day, so we had to get off early. That that game. That he, was, he was this last year, right? That was this year. Yeah, yeah that was this it? year. Yeah, it was tiny, man. Yeah, and it was about, yeah. the amount of times the sort of the ball was dipping right towards that bottom post. Yeah. And was like, yeah. oh man, here we go. Because <laughs> could, we couldn't get the kickoffs through the end zone, right? Yeah. 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 Man, it's it's crazy. Boswell is like. Does anyone even know where Boswell came from? He's like an ethereal ghost that was like made in a lab or something by Mike Tomlin. Like, he was a soccer player, right? He was a football player. He was um, oh, a European football, if you want to call it that, as far as I'm aware. He just that came out of nowhere, it feels like. It's like he just came at just the right time. He's the hero that we didn't even know we needed. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God we got him. 
Right, where are we? Uh, okay, mm, I don't want to go there next. Who, uh, Dave, who you got at 16? Um, at 16, I had Edmonds. Okay. But we think we've already talked about him, right? No, we, we haven't. No, we haven't. We have not. I, I felt like we'd uh, we'd gone over him. Um, again, concerns sort of not meeting his draft potential, which uh, works against him. I think if I think it's it's been we've sort of mashed this point to death that if he wasn't drafted in the first round, that he would have been an all right kind of safety. Um, but he's. I mean, last season he had a few plays where he did uh, sort of make, you know, was making plays and coming up with picks and things like that. And he's a consistent tackler. He, he's, he, I think, with one season he, he was had the most tackles on the team, right? But it's just not enough there to, for me, to think that's the longevity at that position and who's behind him. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I was seeing the praises of uh, of Brooks Junior, but he's not. Clearly not proved himself enough to to make break up even even into a backup role. Um, they sort of use him sporadically in a couple of games. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's he he's he's important, at, particularly at that that safety position. Just just because who's behind him that you can rely on to consistently make tackles, and he's proven to consistently make consistently make tackles, particularly when it comes to. Um, facing the run game as that sort of box, that box safety, you know. Um, but this, I, I'm, I'm in no way convinced by um, by Edmonds. I, I'm, I'm probably on the more on the side of an Edmonds hater. Not that I hate him. I'm not Edmonds hater, but I've probably fallen more towards that side. Maybe that's unfair on him a little bit, though. It's yeah, slightly unfair. I think, I think um, he's been average. And you need average players. He's the poster yeah. boy for average, right? He's yeah. been okay. That, that's all you can say, mate. He's been okay. That, that's about all you can really He's say. He's like man. better than Sean Davis. So, yeah. I, I mean, one of the sort of consensus reaches uh, out yeah. of Awful, the man. last five years or whatever, you know, across the board. But you know, I, I he is important. I've got him at twenty-one. I think he's. You know he's he's one of the sort of glue pieces of the of the defense. You take him out, and, and I'm not to the level of Minka, but who's replacing him? You know I kind of trust Evans. Yeah, he, he he's kind of eradicated those big errors that he was making earlier on in his career. He's just kind of been solid. Uh, where where are you guys got Rich? Where are you got him? Same Dave. I have him at sixteen. Okay, I actually have him at twenty one. Where where you got him, sir? Uh, I'm at twenty two. Um, I mean, he's a he's a start in safety, so he's you know inherently important. But I just feel like you know, like as you say, he's kind of a league average player. If we lost him, I think we would survive. You know, whether we looked outside the organization or whether we, you know, I know we're not particularly deep at safety, but I, I, yeah, I just you know, it is what it is. One of the less important starting positions. Weird how Dave slaughtered him and put him at sixteen, and I defended him and put him at twenty-one. But that's, <laughs> that's the, that's the ludicrousness the of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I guess you know, I, I think the free safety position is is more skillful, more important. I think that box safety you can kind of get that production through you know Swiss Army men and band aids. I, I, I guess I'm coming from more of an approach of I, I want more out of him and that one that's what makes him important that if yeah. he doesn't 
there's not a lot behind him to, to have that same impact. The prove it, the proven impact, I suppose. So, who you got seventeen? At seventeen, I have Chase Claypool. Okay, I've got him at nineteen. Right. Why have you got him here, Sai? Uh, I have him as my second wide receiver on the board. I think Chase Claypool's development is one of the most interesting and one of the most important things uh, to this season, but also to the to the Steelers going forward. Right. Um, we saw flashes, maybe, maybe even more than flashes. I would say we saw exceptional talent, right, from Claypool. I mean, think of some of those toe taps in, in the early part of the season, right? D- dude was uh, looking like he was going to break out big, big time. Um, it's slowed down a little bit production-wise because of the, the situations we were put in, but I think that Claypool, if he can, he has the potential to be the guy on this team that breaks out to be a superstar this season. Uh, that is maybe optimistic. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but uh, I certainly hope it does, and I think it would be hugely important to this team if he could break out and show that he could be that like number one. I don't want to say it, but I'll say it: Megatron type player on the outside. That's that's a tough ask. It is think, a tough I, ask. I don't think I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think he, he showed he's got kind of downfield contested catch. You know that that that's his game, isn't it? And, and he had some great highlight plays, but it, you know, and there was a, there was a time there where people were. Picking him up in their in their fantasy leagues, right? And he was making a real difference. He's fantasy viable, yeah. Yeah, I think he's on the edge. I just, I, I, I don't, I don't, I wonder. You know, if if he went down, could you replace him with James Washington? That my issue with it with it is Ben's arm. You know, yeah. can he can he make the throws to make Claypool important? If if they had a different QB, would Claypool be a more vital part of this offense? I think he probably would. But I think I think you know the, the, his presence is important. The fact that he can stretch fields and be a threat downfield. If they didn't have that, it would be, you know, that would be a massive hole in the offense. But I do think Washington can can do some of that, and you know, plus plus another player, you know, a speed guy that you know, like like they had DHB before, just a speed guy just to take the top off. So I've got him at nineteen. I, I agree with what you say, um, but I, I do put DJ ahead of him. What, what do you guys think, Rich Dave? Have him at uh, Claypool at 22. Yeah. Right. For reasons you guys said, we're so deep at that position, and I have him behind Juju and uh, Deontay. Yeah. Uh, Dave, where are you going? Uh, I've got Claypool at 21. I've, I've got a lot of faith in his progression. I think, um, like, how much can you read into someone's rookie seasons, right? It, it's. Um, it's quite easy to get sort of a bit overhyped about Claypool, considering that he had one game where he had four touchdowns and a whole mm. load of, and he had a he had a great, absolutely fantastic rookie season. And you know, we, I think, I think uh, maybe all of Steeler Nation got a bit overexcited, maybe. But I think it's in this in this case with Claypool, I think you're right to be overexcited with Claypool. <laughs> I think it's. Um, He's a. I think he's going to be a guy who potentially spends his entire career as a stealer. I think he's he's got a. He's got something about him that I think he's going to he's hang, going to hang around. I think I think and they're they're going to want him to hang around a lot longer. That's a, a dangerous uh, thing to say with a wide receiver these days. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it is, but you know it, it's. I, I will I, say I will say a, a side point, a side reason why Claypool 
is important to this team. It's an off-the-field thing. I don't know about you guys, it felt last year to me that... I mean, this team always has some kind of narrative around it, right? Maybe that's just because we're so close to it. But it's always, you know, it started with AB, with the whole Diva thing, and then, you know, that, that kind of magnifying glass kind of went onto Juju, right, with the TikTok stuff and the dancing on the logo. It felt at the end of last season that that was moving on to Claypool a little bit. Now, I'm not going to lay credence to that or anything like that. I'm not I'm not going to spout the Mark Madden nonsense on this show, but but it does feel like a narrative started to form a little bit around the Juju, Claypool angle, the TikTok stuff, the saying the Browns are going to get waxed in the playoffs. I think there's a level of importance to that, just just as, as far as it's, it goes with the, the narrative around the team and the general feel. Whether that affects the team or not, I don't know. But it does feel like there's there's just something to that to me. Was that, was that anything outside of Mark Madden? That was just Mark Madden, wasn't it? No, it wasn't just Mark Madden. And, and Mark Madden, uh, you know, is the guy with the, the, what's the word? Not a xylophone. What's the thing you speak through? Uh, megaphone. <laughs> megaphone, thank you. Xylophone. <laughs> xylophone. Did you Mark Madden with a xylophone? xylophone. Yeah. Um, you know, he's... Say he, speak, he speaks out of his arsehole. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I, I'm going to do social media drop because that actually features a xylophone. Simon, social media corner. <laughs> No idea how you even make that. Um, so yeah, so he's the one you know magnifying it with with his with his xylophone. But I just think that it does start to build, and whether you agree with it or not, I think maybe not with the Claypool stuff last season, but but with the Juju stuff, we saw it start to affect the the vibe of the team a little bit. Now again, how much that impacts the the squad and the the down to down play, I don't know, but I think there's it's something to be said for it. What do you think, Rich? There's always been diva wide receivers, isn't there? Yeah, I, you know, especially that position. It seems like forever. You know, nine times out of ten, you see something that goes on in the news, and it seems like it's a receiver. But um, I, I know what I'm saying, and I yeah, there's a there's a little touch of that, little hint of that. Um, you know, like I said in podcast few months ago when there's a scrap or something he seems to get himself right in the middle of it and i'm not against standing up for your teammates but it just seems you just watch these things like that and it just you know i think we're i think steeler fans in general were so um sensitive about this because of what we went through with with antonio and 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 Le'Veon to a certain extent that we're kind of looking for that now because Man, you don't. You just don't want that to happen again. You don't want another one of your elite players to just lose their mind, you know. So, but I, I know what Simon's saying, and, and it's just hopefully, you know, like stuff never develops the way we would, you know, fear that it would. Hopefully, he keeps everything in check. Yeah, I want to clarify. I'm not saying he did anything wrong last season at all. You know, I, I'm just saying it's something to keep an eye on based on where the narrative fell. Yeah, it was weird. It sort of came out of nowhere. I, I thought it was totally weird. You know, the guy's a rookie. Stay off him. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, number 18. Who you got, Sai? Uh, 18 out of Juju. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there, there wasn't a great deal to separate those guys. I agree with everything you said about Juju earlier. I mean, hugely important to this team. But do I think we could survive without Juju? I mean, we faced the prospect of him leaving this offseason, right? So... I'm yeah. certainly glad to have him. Yeah, I, I put him down at 22. I, 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 I think he. I've got him. I've got Claypool at 19. I've got DJ at 15. So I, for me, he's 
the number three receiver. So I don't know how. It's important not that, that I is. think he's the number three receiver, even though he is number three on this list. I, I, I almost can't say DJ. Maybe G, DJ Edge is the one at this stage, just because of his potential. But I suppose any of these guys could be the number one. You know, it's really difficult. All three of these guys have the potential to be the one, the two, or the three. I, I don't. I think, think... It's, it's DJ for me. I, I think if he can, he if he progresses, he's the number one for me. I think. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think I would put him there, but but equally, I could say almost Claypool could be that number one. Yeah, with a different outside. QB. With a different, yeah, yeah, yeah. With a different QB. Um, what about you, Rich? Who you got number eighteen? Number eighteen, I have Pat Fryermuth. Ooh. Ooh. And I have that because um, I think he be a huge upgrade to the tight end position in the run blocking game. We need that. We have to have that. And I think he's going to upgrade it. And, and if he was already a proven NFL run blocker, I would have him higher than that. But I, I, it's really important to the team. And I think he, I have I have a feeling he's going to do it pretty well. So uh, I want that run game to get going. It's, it's not only the uh, five offensive linemen. The tight end's a big part of that as well. So I put him I. Okay, number 18 for Pat. Did anyone else have Pat? I I didn't, no. Although I could say he is the guy that, you know, you could very quickly see him featuring in this list and saying, you know, we should have had him on the... um, Yeah. yeah. I had him down at 23 just because I think he's going to be included in that sort of run game blocking uh, role fairly early on and then included more as, as, a, as a receiver as as he progresses so i think he's potentially got some importance in in the run game this season yeah i mean i i sort of hinted that earlier like when i was talking about ebron i think you know pat could become really important you know and, and could replace ebron from from next season uh but obviously rich you had him at 12 so you know the tight ends are important to you rich you think in this in this offense yeah, I, th- I think it is. I mean, I think in the modern day NFL offense, you know, you're seeing more and more value placed on these athletic tight ends. You know, high hits went in the draft. You know, he's a great athlete and he's he's a tight end. And so I think you know, if you have that in your repertoire in NFL offense, I think it's a huge advantage. So it creates these you know great mismatches. Right. Uh, where are we? I'm getting bogged down now in numbers. Uh, <laughs> we get uh, into the danger zone here. We've got we all are. kinds of different people. We are. Dave, who you got 18? 18. I had Juju as well, same as Sai. I had Juju. Uh, okay. uh, I'm going to 19 if you wanted to move on. Or Please do. Help me out here. At 19, I had uh, Rob Spillane, Dirty Rob. Ooh. Um, go on. Kind of... Because I feel like he's going to, at some point in the season, maybe early on, he's going to edge out uh, Vince Williams. Not purely as an age and sprightly young man kind of thing. I I think that Vince has a lot to offer the team in terms of an experienced head, um, that physical uh, play-in-the-run kind of linebacker, but... I think there's obviously a reason why they didn't want to keep him around initially. Obviously, he's back now, but there's a reason why they ran the gauntlet a bit with letting him go. 
because they could afford to let him go because they had Rob. And I think that they've got uh, in, in big intentions for Rob taking over that role. And there's uh, an argument he had that, that uh, Spillane isn't just a a thumper as we uh, a thumper as we sort of classify mm-hmm. him as. And he's maybe unfairly classified as that by us, but and by other people as well. But he, he's he's got a lot more to offer. He's he's not quite the coverage guy, but he sort of falls in between that thumper coverage back. He, he's he's got a multi-faceted skill set. He's he's got a lot more to offer than just a guy who thumps. And uh, <laughs> I I I think he's. I mean, Vince hasn't even made my list, and I think he's going to be the guy who quite early on takes over to him takes over from Vince um with Vince maybe falling into a backup role uh and I and I, I love Vince I, and I I was really happy when he came back onto as came back as a stealer but I feel like maybe he's going to be slipping behind Rob a little bit right so so when I said I I remix my mix with uh Ebron back in uh Spillane was the guy that took it got took out and, and it's tough right. because I, I've got Vince at 20. Um, but you could well be right. It could be Spillane takes Vince's job and he's he's the guy. Because he, he showed he's pretty good in coverage, actually, didn't he? I thought, you know. Yeah, he is. Um, so maybe maybe, uh, maybe you're right and I'm wrong. And Vince shouldn't be in there and Spillane should. So I, I can see that. I'm, um, I'm not saying he shouldn't. I mean, I, I think I'd be happy either way. I think we're in a win-win situation when it comes to Vince Williams or Spillane. I think we're in a win-win situation either way. But I think... I'm, in my humble opinion, I think Spillane wins out. Right. Who who you got top out of these two, Si? Uh, I actually followed Dave a little bit here. Vince didn't quite make the cut for me, and I had Spillane at 23. Oh, dear. We are back. We lost Rich. You may have the writing was on the wall, wasn't it? And yeah. he, he, was, he was starting yeah. to go. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know what's going on over there in California, but the, uh, the, the, inter, the interweb started to collapse. And it's, it's completely folded, man. We couldn't get back, so yeah. uh, we, we lost him. Um, we have his results, so uh, yeah. but we'll carry on. So where we're, were we're we? Gonna we're going to carry on. Yeah, in podcast time, it's been a few seconds, but in, in real time, it's been a long time. No one will ever know. We could just pretend that he's still here. We could. But... D- Dave, can you do a rich impression? Can you... No. <laughs> Is the answer. <laughs> okay, no, fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, we have Rich's results, so let, let's crack on. We, 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 were just, um, we just got to 19, right? So let, let's let's crack on. 19. I had Claypool and Rich had Alu Alu. First time Alu Alu's appeared on this list. And I I, I nearly had Alu Alu. I thought, you know, that's important. You know, I'm really pleased when he re-signed from the Jags. I thought that was, you know, everyone was leaving. It was, what did we call it? Like the... um, the the, the the free agency Armageddon or something I can't remember we we, we had a name for it uh, the bloodletting and and Alu Alu was one of those victims but he came back he had a change of heart so that that was I was massively happy about that but he didn't make my list of top twenty five yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't even made the list oh, I suppose I shouldn't be that that surprised because I had him at twenty four but uh, you know a, a starting position a guy we were very uh, like you say excited to have back and worried about losing Dave where Jim he didn't even make my list. Wow. Which, um, yeah. Shocking. Mm. So, sorry, Tyson. I think, that, I I think that is a little bit of shade, actually, on Tyson. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like this, this, at this point, it becomes really tough. It's yeah. like, you know, I don't know. There's, there's a few candidates. I, I, there's a guy, there's a name we're going to get to in a minute. My number 25, who I wanted to put on the list 
possibly ill-advised, but I just felt like I wanted him to be there. So perhaps at the expense of Alu Ali. So, um, so Rich had him at 19. So at 20, I had Vince. Um, no, neither. No. Yeah, neither you. Oh, none of you have got Vince. I'm the only one with Vince. No. No. Okay, I just think Vince is a leader on this defense, and I think he plays the run so well. I think I think it was just contract negotiations. I, I think he's way more valuable to the Steelers than he is to any other team. So that's why he didn't mm. get a deal. But I do think he's important. So I, I put him in. But he's he's kind of a cult hero of mine. So that's you know. That's a problem with me. So, so 21, I had Edmonds. You're all clear about where you are with him. 22, I had Juju. You're all clear with him. So uh, let me see where, uh, where where I've gone wrong here. Help me out here. Who's, uh, <laughs> I, sorry. I forgot yeah, where uh, I was and where I've, where I've gone. So um, I think I did Rob Spillane at 23. I think we spoke about that. Tyson, I think I'm down to 25, right? You're near enough there. No, who, who, yeah, yeah. Who is your 25? Well... So this is uh, Dave. Does Dave have any, have any left? Because I don't want to. I had um, twenty four. Who's your twenty four? I had James Washington at number twenty four. Um, oh. I think I think it's mostly because I think he's so massively underused in last uh, last season's offense. I think there was he has such shining moments, and then he just wouldn't be used. And then you're like, well, why aren't we using this guy? He, he's He's got such an impact on this offense, and you know it, it's it's it was so it, it was a whole part of the whole Randy drag factor. I felt at the time, <laughs> I, I, it was he's, he was so, being so underused that it was it was a glaring uh, omission in, in my humble opinion from my mother's basement, and I, I can only hope. And dream that he's going to be a, a bigger piece of this offense this season, because it, it has to it has to be done right. He's whenever he's got the ball in his hands, he's making an impact, and he's he's got a steadier set of hands than I think any receiver on this team, and he's just got to be used more. And I, I think he's he he has to be a more important part of this team than he than he is right now. Mm. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, if you're looking just at the quality of the player, then he's way higher up this list. But he doesn't. He's. I actually put him down here as my honorary 26th guy on the list. Right. Um. So no points, I'm afraid. But we've just got three receivers. You know, it's like last season. There was just nowhere for him to play most of the time. Uh, I think James Washington could absolutely do a job on another team. Um. I'm surprised he's not made more of a fuss, to be honest. But I mean, good for him. But. You know. Yeah, I, I think he's been sort of didn't make my list, but this this you know contract year this could be the year of James Washington. He yeah. could have a massive breakout. I, I just don't wonder think at he's, the expense of what or who you know. I think Claypool, a mix of Claypool and Juju. I think if Juju had left, and you've got to stop you know, this campaigning for Claypool to lose touches. We need to see more Claypool, not less. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not campaigning for him to lose touches. I just think Jay Wash is the 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 insurance policy against that. Mm. I just think he's underrated Washington. I do as but, well. You know, right, yeah. You know, I think he could I, be a number two easily for a number of teams. Yeah. Oh, easily, yeah. I, I think they're going to see a, almost a repeat of last season when it comes to receivers, where it's been spread out and no one is really the the cemented go-to guy. That it's just sort of whoever's in that yeah. best position, whoever's open. Who's, and is that such you know, a bad thing? You know? No, it's not. It's, it's it's a good thing. I think there's very few teams that can say they've got that 
that, that going for them. How many teams can say they've got a bunch of receivers where any one of them could be the one that they go to? Yeah. You know, not many. Right. So, uh, my number 23 player, it comes back to why I've got Highsmith as the number two. Hmm. So, number 23, I've got Quincy Roche. Ooh. Because I think it's really important. I just that unless unless you know there was rumours about bringing in Houston or uh, um, you know I was saying KJ Wright to, for a slightly different kind of you know breed of player there, but somewhat someone to you know bring bring some pressure off the edge. Um, you know who 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 else is there? So I think as I've said, this pass rush is really important, and I think Roche is important to this team and the success of the defense as a whole in the. If he doesn't step up and bring some, you know, some some pass rush spelling, um, some situational play, I think this defense is going to struggle. So for me, he's he's within the top twenty-five. Did he, any of you guys have him? I know Rich didn't. No, I, I didn't either. No, but I, no. I, I like where your head's at. It makes sense to me. Um, wasn't even something I really considered. Okay. So he's probably not going to feature on the end list. Uh, He'll get a point. <laughs> get three points. Get a point. He'll get a point. Um, right, and then and twenty-five. I had Miles Killebrew. Who's your twenty-four? Twenty-four. I've got Ebron. Oh, sorry. So and tw- twenty-five. Before. Miles yeah. Killebrew. Talk me through that one. Yeah, I just think that special teams is so important and and underrated. And I think he's going to show up on. But I think he's going to be you know the Jordan Dangerfield, the captain on the special teams. I think he's going to step up and. You know, okay. Let's let's hope, not 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 hope from from his point of view, or you know, I just you, you don't want him taking too many snaps on on defense unless he really shows out at training camp and he's, you know, maybe playing that dimebacker role, bit of backup safety. But I think I think on special teams he's going to be a baller, and I think you know if he steps up and just solidifies and brings some intensity on special teams, you know, I think that that's important. So he he made he makes the list, and that, he he's a guy I was alluding to earlier. Where I was thinking, you guys went Presley Harvin, or you know, I know Rich did at twenty five, or or you know, I I think I think Killebrew, he, he, the, the special teams gridiron gets doesn't get mentioned about, but it's really important. So that's that's why Killebrew made the list for me. I, I would say that you're being a little bit cute, but I, I can't say that because of what I'm about to say. Um, the, the, the thing is with with twenty five, I kind of you know you only get one point for being twenty fifth, right? Um, and there's a lot of guys that that have missed out on my list, like like I said, James Washington, Fryermuth, uh, Vince Williams. You know, you talk about a guy like Mason Rudolph who was on the list last year, not on here. Um, I want to point out Ian Ian Alexander tweeted in an outside the box one. Derek Watt, he thinks he could be the secret weapon in making our run game actually run. Um, mm. And that's something we spoke about last year. I think Derek Watt made the list or a couple of lists last year um, and didn't really mm. show up in the season. So maybe we see that change with Matt Canada. Um, but 25, I like to kind of make it a little bit saucy, a little bit juicy. Um, and, I, you know, I can hear them. I can hear them chanting the drums and, and, and blowing on the trumpets, the, the, the punt and corner people. I, I'm sorry, it's not Presley Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it should be. But until he wins the job, I'm not going to do it. You know what I mean? Because we don't know. He could. I, I'm hoping to God he does. But you know, let's let's wait and see if he wins the job, and then we'll reassess this next year. But at 25, you're not going to like this, Kev. I have Dwayne Haskins. Oh. Now let me tell you why I put Dwayne Haskins at 25. Now, again, maybe I'm getting a little bit cute, but this is the guy who has the potential to turn the franchise around 
if anything happens a bit now obviously he has to make the team right we don't know what's going to happen now the chances are he doesn't even make the team and Mason Rudolph's the number two right and we see you know maybe he makes the number three on the squad or maybe reverts the practice squad I don't know but if he makes the team and he shows up in training camp and it, it, it turns out that this buzz around Dwayne Haskins is actually you know a little bit legitimate this is this is still a guy with first round pedigree we saw glimpses of it although he struggled in Washington maybe in Pittsburgh he can turn it around and this is the one guy that you could look at and say hey Maybe there's hope here for for something that could legitimately impact this team, both short term and long term. Uh, this low down at the twenty five position, so maybe I'm getting a bit cute because maybe he could be more important in the long term if it actually does transpire that he's a legitimate option. But uh, you know, if Ben went down and we don't like Mason, uh, maybe. Well, it's the same thinking as why we had Mason so high last year, and I'm going to be honest. Like I, I don't know about you guys, but you know. I, there's only so much you can glean from watching these, uh, you know, practices in 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 shorts. But the thing that I've been watching, my eye has been going to is Dwayne Haskins every time. How's he throwing the ball? How's he throwing the ball? So I, I'm with you, man. I mean, I I think everyone's kind of secretly hoping he he pans out. So I think maybe it's he's not one of them. I wouldn't put him in the top 25 most important students. Well, I didn't. But in terms of <laughs> Top twenty-five most interesting Steelers. He's up there, man. I'd, yeah. I'd say he's in the top top ten of top five, maybe even of most interesting. And I can't wait for the preseason to see who gets his quarterback snaps. And you know, I'm sure Mason's going to get his fair share. But yeah, interested. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how important he is. I mean, apparently, what, what did Ben say? He can throw a football through a laundrette or something. <laughs> through a car but, wash. Um, through a mean? car wash. That was it. I don't know. But, um, the ball comes out clean. I'm not sure. <laughs> comes out clean with a little tag on it and one of those plastic covers on that you throw away straight away. <laughs> um, but now, I, you know, once preseason's over and he's maybe had a, a bit of a, he's had a, he's had a go and chucked the rock around a few times. Maybe you can have a bit more of an opinion. But I don't. Th- at this point, I don't think he's, you know, he's important enough to be considered above. Uh, ahead of Mason at the moment, so he's he's not making my list, I'm afraid. But it's you know if maybe some of that draft potential is there still in him, great. That's that's uh, an an enticing thing, exciting thing. Maybe as you guys have said, maybe Tomlin's the guy to turn him round and get his head straight. Maybe, but I don't know, man. I, I think there's there's a. Uh, I, I don't think you can put your future into into him at the moment I, th- I think it, you, you've got to look at the here and the now with things like with, with uh, the quarterback position at the moment and I don't think he's that important at the moment I'd, I'd love to see Josh, Josh Dobbs get his another chomp at the bit though I'd love to get him another, see him get another go it's um I, I know he's sort of that's a one-trick pony but he's sort of he's been brought back for a reason um Maybe because Ben likes him, maybe because he's more of an athletic QB that can run with the ball. Maybe he's going to be that guy who they go to on those sort of, maybe sort of necessarily trick play, but those sort of read options and things like that in those situations. I'd love to see him get that opportunity. Because I, I was a, a Dobbs fan when he when he first uh, joined the Steelers, and I, I was sad to see he didn't, he didn't get a proper go of it in the first instance. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can do going forward. But Dobbs didn't, Dobbs didn't get on my list either. So, so, so who was your twenty-five? Did you bring the juice at twenty-five day? I didn't. I went fairly safe. I went with Boz. I went with yeah, Boz. Okay. okay, I'm a specialist. I'll give you that. Yeah. 
Okay, so we've got the results. Gav, would you like to to take us through the top 25 Steelers once we've combined our lists? I would. So Big Ben, number one. TJ Watt, number two. Narjay, number three. Now, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Zach Banner, number four. Joe Hayden, number five. Alex Highsmith, number six. Now, you guys had him a bit lower than me, but I think my putting him number two jumped him up. But I, I think that's that makes sense to me. Minka, number seven. Bush, number eight. Chooks, a core four, number nine. Cam Hayward, number ten. So that's our top ten most okay. important Steelers. That makes sense to me. Yeah, that's fine, yeah. No uh, upsets. Uh, now, joint 11, we had technically... It was a mix of Lane, Shakur Brown, and James Pierre, but I think I think Lane I think is is the the favourite for that. What? What does that mean? Didn't two of us only do Pierre? <laughs> or, or or Pierre or whoever, whoever you want. Basically, oh, that boy. number three corner, the the number three corner position. Let's just call it that. Whoever wins that position is is joined with Tuit at number eleven, and then we had Green slash Finney at number thirteen. I think Green, you know. Finney's the, the floor. DeCastro at 14. DJ, 15. Dotson, 16. Ebron, 17. Juju, 18. So all, all the pass catchers come in a sort of clump there. Uh, Edmonds, 19. Claypool, 20. Boswell, 21. Spillane, 22. Pat Frymuth, 23. Now, personally, I find that's a bit surprising, but I'm going to doff my doff my cap to you guys. Who did Frymuth? Rich did, obviously. Did it? Because uh, uh, I didn't have him. Dave, did you have him? Uh, Dave, I yeah, had, Dave. I yeah. had okay. twenty-three, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You both had him at twenty. Twenty. Uh, you had him at twenty-three, and Rich, I'm at 20, eighteen. Um. Uh, and then Boswell at twenty-four, and and then and uh, Quincy Roche sleep, sneaks in to the twenty-fifth spot, and that's thanks to me. Um, which I think is a good pick because. Yeah. This team's all about pass rush, so I'm glad. I don't know how he managed to sneak in. Where did you put I, him? I put him at uh, 23. He got in with two. Yeah, two got points. in with three points. Three points. Three points. Yeah. Uh-huh. I guess uh, the rest of us was just a smattering of um, one yeah. or two point people. Oh, because who did you have last? You had Haskins last. Haskins last. And, uh, uh, Rich had Presley last, and Dave had uh, Boswell last. So he was already in. So. Yeah, he just he just snuck in. What about Alulu? Did he not make it? Alulu didn't make it. No. Yeah. Well, maybe he did. Maybe I've un- not tabulated it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> did anyone else have Alulu? Uh, yes. Hang on. hang on. Let me just see. I was going to add in Alulu's points. He might have made it. He might have found. Put, I'll push Roche off this list. It was the last thing I did. Yeah. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> hang on. Let me just re-tabulate it with Alu Alu's correct points, which I missed off. And he has nine points, oh, which puts him. Yeah, it, yeah, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. I apologise to everyone. <laughs> that puts him above. Uh, with nine points, that puts him above Pat. So yeah, that puts him at 23, 24. Sorry, Pat at 25. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. demand a recount. I yeah. should recount the whole thing again. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Been a cornucopia okay. of errors this podcast, hasn't it? But we've absolutely collapsed by the end. Yeah, uh, we we had such a strong first like two hours, and uh, yeah, yeah, this last thirty we, minutes is just ever we, since Rich departed. Uh, but we've made but it. it. 
And we had we some interesting it. conversations. Yeah, the conversation is what counts, not yeah. the results. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll double check these results, and, and we'll we'll have a, a you know, we we can tweet it out and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave, do you want to do a kebab corner? Have you? Are, it, are we, it, are it's up to you guys. We've, we've run pretty pretty damn long. Yeah, so I do. It's <laughs> up to you. <laughs> I've got no idea how long this show is, so let's do it. Oh, okay. Okay. Four large donuts, kid. Everything on them. Do you want onions on your set? I do. Plenty onions. Now this is more of a a story, really, and I, I kind of wish uh, wish Rich was here because he'd, he'd uh, it's just kind of based upon his uh, his health regime and my lack of. Um, but I've had a, quite a, a stark uh, realization of how how unhealthy I am, and it was brought upon me by a doctor um, because I, I I went well I went I went to the doctors basically. Here's the story: I went to the doctors. It's not a self with a you know rubbish self for a joke. This is what happened. I went into the doctors and, and I have a few uh, moles upon my body and marks and things. I wanted to get them checked out. Because uh, you know it's, it, these things concern you; they play on your mind. You think, well, I'll, I'll go and get them checked and get professional opinion. And as I said earlier, I've been uh, I've been home alone for a little bit. My wife's been uh, uh, visiting her family in London, and I've been left home alone to work. And then I, I, I sort of come back and I, I I pig out, I chill out on the sofa, I, I I basically do the things that I probably couldn't quite get away with while she's here. Uh, so anyway, I went. I went to the doctors to go and get my my, uh, my body checked out for for these marks that I have concerns about. And uh, I go in and take my shirt off, and he, he starts having a look at a few on my on. I point out to him, "Oh, I'm worried about this one here." He looks at, "Oh no, that one's fine. Don't worry about that one." Because um, it's nice and round. Because apparently the round ones, if it's nice and round with no jagged edges, it's it's fine. It's it's not anything that's to be too concerned about looks at a few of them and then he goes actually i'll look at this one and this is one that i hadn't seen i was like wow this is one i haven't seen this it, it concerned me when i saw it i was like what, what's what's this and um he starts looking at it and he goes oh he's got he's got uh he's got he's got a jagged edge on it so i'll have a close close look at this um it turns out it was a uh, a chocolate a piece of chocolate that had um stuck to my <laughs> belly um the night before i'd i'd been sat on the bed i'm hoping my wife isn't listening to this I doubt she is. Um, I sat on the bed eating Jaffa cakes, and uh, a piece of the lovely dark chocolate. Because I, I, I like to dismantle uh, Jaffa cakes. Any any anyone non any like non UK listeners probably have no idea what Jaffa cake is. It's it's a cookie, a biscuit basically. It's a cake with a bit of like orange jelly with chocolate on top. And I like to take the chocolate apart. And then eat the cake, and then eat the eat the jelly afterwards. That, that, that's how I do it. Some people like to eat a bit like Maltesers, isn't it? Everyone's got their own way of eating a, a Malteser. Um, but yeah, I'd uh, I'd eaten Jaffa cakes for. I, I basically inhaled a sleeve of Jaffa cakes uh, in about two minutes, if that, on the on the bed. Yeah, it's, oh, it, it's surprising. These it, you can. It's um, you, there should be competitions in this sort of shit, man. You, you should be able to like who who can eat the sleeve of jaffa cakes the fastest. This should be like an, an Olympic sport. Um, but yeah, I was a bit. I was quite embarrassed when the doctor wiped my mole off of my belly. Mm. <laughs> um, the 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 lovely dark chocolate and uh, you had 
you had other concerns, right? Though you were in there for other things as well, not just yeah. the, the Phantom. Yeah, yeah. It, it's that, that I didn't even know it was there until I, until I got there, and I say oh, okay. he, he he wiped he wiped the chocolate off my belly, which is quite a lovely moment between doctor and patient when a doctor wipes chocolate off your belly. Um, but I've got a rapidly expanding uh, body at the moment. I, I've I've uh, I'm very aware of the fact that I'm very unhealthy, and I've I, I put something out on Twitter actually recently that was sort of alluding to it that I've um, I've quite easily incorporated uh, Coke Zero into my diet. I say diet. That's not a diet, right? You can't you can't say I've got a diet including Coke Zero, but. Um, yeah, I, 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 I get along with Coke Zero because, like, sugary drinks are one of my downfalls. So, like, Lucasade and things like that. Because when you're on the go and you're, you've got, particularly in the summer for me, is my busy time of year. So I'm rushing around. I try to do multiple things within an hour, get here and there and everywhere. And you're thirsty, hungry. And you think, well, I'll just, I'll just have something sugary to keep me going. And you end up getting a bottle of Lucasade down it on the way to wherever you're going and that'll keep you going for another couple of hours if that um and before i realized it, i realized i had like a stack of lucasade orange bottles just stuffed into the glove compartment of my of my van and just going wow i'm getting to a lot of sugar so i sort of incorporated coke zero into my uh thing to sort of give me that sugary hit without having the massive unhealthiness uh, of huge amounts of sugar um, but then to counteract that, I'd like eat loads of biscuits or I'd, because you know, my body still craves the sugar. You, you know, I cut it out and then I, I find to, I, I, I just consume it in other ways. I've got some sort of mental thing going on right now that I can't get around this sugar addiction. And sugar's the most addictive, addictive thing on the planet, man. It's, it, it's more addictive than any drug. It's, it's amazing how addictive sugar is. And it's in everything. You can't avoid it. I'm not saying I want to cut it out, but I've got this big thing about sugar right now, and I can't get around it. And um, it, it was also brought into stark uh, realization by my doctor when I mentioned to him about because uh, we've all just been discussing a little bit off air about having uh, uh, coronavirus tests that I've got to have for the Indian variant uh, that's ravaging and uh, in the, here in the UK. And uh, I said, well, is, it, is it something I should be really concerned about? You know, is it something? And he said, well, for people of, of your body shape, I would be a bit more concerned Ooh, if someone, uh, someone, uh, someone of your, of your current health. Doctors throwing shade at you. Yeah, well, this is it. Isn't there some sort of code for doctors of like do no harm? Because he did <laughs> some harm like that. That that cut deep. That cut deep, man. And um, yeah, I'm I'm starting to realise that maybe I've. I've reached that point of my life where I can't abuse my body with sugar anymore. And I, I try to be pretty healthy. And I, I've, I've, I've cut out things from my diet. But then I incorporate other things because I, I, I see it as a thing of like, oh, I've cut this out. I can have this now. You know, I don't know. I, I, think, I think everyone has some sort of unhealthy relationship with food. And I think I need, I need Rich to, to be around to like sort my head out and convinced me that I need to do certain things to, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I want Richie's abs, basically. I want to get rid of this massive beer gut I've got that's caused by a mixture of German beer and cheese and replace it with uh, with some abs, please. 
Yeah, I'm not sure me and Sai are the ones to help, and it's a shame we lost Rich <laughs> to the internet portal of doom. But, um, man, if, if, if sugar's your biggest vice, then you're not doing too bad. Oh, it's not. I, I have mul- I have multiple ones. It, it's like it, it, it's it's sugar, it's beer, it's whiskey, it's mostly alcohol. Any, anything that's liquid is is my big thing at the moment. You know, some people it's you know it's just eating a lot of um like, like McDonald's and savory stuff. It's sweet stuff, but it like you know, alcohol is my biggest one. I'd say. Yeah, I'm with you with that. It's tough. Yeah. I feel like um, we've gone through the same headspace lately dave because I've, I've been having these exact same thought maybe rich is what's brought it on maybe this like image of rich that we've all seen is is, is kind of played into our minds because i've been looking around and i've been like oh, i've started to really develop a belly i mean I've, I've had a belly for for a number of years but i feel like it's getting larger it's growing maybe i'm pregnant as well i don't know but, <laughs> i mean i can't even blame the alcohol i've kind of stopped drinking for the most part i, I feel like i'm just eating more junk food the, the weird thing is though when you start dieting right because I've, I've started counting the calories the last few days I just start thinking, like, when is the time for the nice stuff, though? You know? There's so much nice stuff I want to eat. When? When? <laughs> there's, there's no, you can't, You just can't, right? Well, know. that's the problem. I, I think violently swinging between yeah. eating what you want and then trying to ha- ha- hold a diet down is really tough, isn't it? I mean, I think you need to sort of gradually reduce, gradually change your lifestyle rather than suddenly do some kind of discipline thing where you're not going to cut out all the stuff you like. I don't, I think that's not going to succeed, is it? Well, yeah, I agree with you, but I just don't know then what the, what the balance is because you, you never quite find it. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not good. I'm not good with diets. I'm not the person to ask about this. I'm just getting larger by the day. I'm I'm currently looking down at myself with my t-shirt rolled up over my belly. Like I'm a nose tackle. I'm just, (laughs) and. I'm uh, I don't know. I, I'm out of shape, man. I, I need to do something about it. You got a uh, Quinn Miners going on. Yeah, yeah. That's um, it's um, not that I'm sort of busting out the t-shirt, but it's like it, it's warm in here. It's it's summertime. Summertime has hit the UK, and uh, I got a bit of a sweat on. So I thought I'll I'll roll my t-shirt up, and before I knew it, my t-shirt's between my belly and breasts. Uh, Male breasts so. are, not, are not a thing that anyone wants to hear that phrase on, on the podcast. I just don't think I realise, but I just think that the year in lockdown has just really taken its toll, especially the winter, you know, when it's just, I didn't even want to go outside, I didn't want to do any exercise, even the little exercise I would have done, you know, it's just gone out the window. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I, uh, I do have a couple of other things, but I don't know if we've got have we got have we got time to go further. Are, are we, go on, go on, go on. This, this is this is uh, depressing. Gab's hungry for content. While this I'm concerned a... <laughs> that the podcast is currently about three hours long, and the last hour has just been us like just yeah. a complete mess. This well, is the... a d- depressing corner you've taken us down. So <laughs> know, come on, yeah. show, throw some light onto the situation here, Dave. <laughs> this will hopefully be better than than Gab uh, Gab's ASMR. You know, <laughs> that was off air, man. You, you know. <laughs> Incredible as well. Vince Vince Williams made the list at 25. I I cut him short for for Quincy Roche. I apologise, Vince. So anyway, where were you? Stand by for number 25 changing again in the meantime. (laughs) Um, But uh, a a thing that's always like there's lots of things that bug me, and more and more as I sort of creep towards old age, more and more things are annoying me. And it's most things that are online. I'm, I'm debating whether to sort of remove a lot of my online presence. 
I'd, I'd love to remove Facebook from my online presence, but being part of the the Facebook community that we're we're all sort of a part of is the only thing that's sort of keeping me around there. I think because there's so much bull going on on Facebook, man. Like it, there's there's so many it, like Facebook. Like without going into the whole thing of Facebook sells your data. Um, Facebook, there's so much. It, it, it's so annoying that like, I'm a part of a lot of uh, local community pages because of my small sole trader business. I'm sort of a part, I go on these pages. So when people uh, are looking for something within my remit, I can, you know, put myself forward for it, you know. But then you get a lot of people that sort of put these Facebook posts on these local pages saying, uh, when does B&Q open? Uh, well, there's a there's a, a thing that you're holding in your hand that if you type B and Q into and <laughs> opening times, it will tell you that. You know, it, it, it's just that there's so many. It's annoying, <laughs> stupid people on Facebook, and it's it's got. I mean, I'm getting I'm getting angry. I can feel myself. I can feel my blood boiling right now. I'm getting angry. I need to calm myself down. It's just so annoying, man. It, it's ah. Oh. And it, <laughs> I can't even get words out. I'm so angry at these people. They—they—they they, they, they just want to put things on these pages to be a presence, and it's not even constructive. You're not—you're not starting a discussion. You're not promoting something. You're just saying some. You're asking a question that you could quite easily find yourself, but you want to be seen to be looking for it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I hate it. And I, I, I wish there was a way that I could remove, remove myself from Facebook, but keep a part of that my presence around, so that I've got that sort of Steelers community around me. Well, because that's the, that's, the only, that's the only thing that I want just from Facebook right now. Leave those groups and don't look at your feed. Just, just, just deal with the groups that interest you. Uh, yeah, I, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I could get along with that. I got told I was old the other day for talking about Twitter, like oh. Twitter's old school. No, no. no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm telling you, a kid... What's the thing? Yeah, but a kid. I don't care what a kid thinks. A kid has it's... no impact on anything. No, no, not a kid kid. I'm like, we're talking like early 20s. Yeah, sure. Get me. off TikTok, you loser. I don't know, I don't know where she was on, but she said, <laughs> uh, she said, ah, showing your age there, talking about Twitter. Shut uh, up. Who was... Who is, who is this? This was, this was someone at work. Loser. Because I said, oh, don't worry, I made a joke. <laughs> I, I, I took a photo that was, was slightly uh, dodgy, and, um, and uh, or not dodgy in any kind of dodgy, just uh, as in it, not for public release kind of thing. And uh, you've not really saved uh, yourself with that. A man, no, <laughs> as in it featured like it was about the show I was working on. Basically, you know, you, you sign NDAs and everything, and uh, you know, there was a photo going around that showed Olivia Coleman or whatever doing whatever she was doing, and um. I sort of made a joke to a kind of shady management figure about, oh, don't worry, I've, I've not put it on Twitter. And then, and then this this other person piped up with, showing your age there, like, as if as if like you know Twitter. What a ludicrous like idea, though. I mean, but that, 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 this is what happens, man. You, like you you've yet to experience this. This is what happens. Suddenly you're old. Yeah, but that's just things, not true, though. That's I your, get what you're your, saying, but your that's... reality is is now uncool. Right, but that's not reality, though. That's just... Isn't it? No. To this girl it was. Well... <sighs> I don't know what, what social media... I think she's on the gram and she's on TikTok. But and, that's just different you know. types of people. I mean, I'm 25. 
25. Yeah, you're old, you're getting, you know, you're on the peak. Your, your girlfriend's moving in. Your, your university days are in the rearview mirror. You know, soon you'll be looking over. You'll be my age, and you know, suddenly <laughs> people are referring to you as over the hill. It's downhill from here, son. I've been over the hill for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know them. I'm, I'm starting to get into TikTok. Oh no. <laughs> Call me a loser, but I'm starting to get into it. I, I, like, I, I think there was a show quite a while ago where I was slating TikTok, but I, I'm starting to get into it. I, I, I thought I'll give it a crack. I'll see what I'll see what's going on with it. And there's, there's a there's a sort of a I think the Steelers have a presence on there. There's a, there is an NFL presence on on It's not huge, right? Can but, I just um, clarify with TikTok? Yeah. I have no doubt that if I joined TikTok, I would enjoy it. I, I loved Vine back in the day. My problem yeah. is not with the viability of it being entertaining. It's the principle at this point. I will not join TikTok. It's not happening. It's too cool. It's, it's, I mean, there's multiple reasons why. I mean, you know, the, the fact that it's just a Chinese government data mining tool is the main one, but... <laughs> Outside of that, I just don't want to be associated with the kind of people that are attracted by TikTok, to be honest. Sorry to all the TikTokers out there, but... You know what I mean? What, what what are the kind of people that are associated? You know, with you know. What people that are dancing or or what? People that are dancing, you know, dumb kids. I I I like what like because you have it, it it's a dumb it's a kids. feed it's a feed <laughs> that isn't chosen by you right so it's chosen by what you look at. But that's so what every I, social media is. That's what Twitter is. That's what Facebook is. Yeah, but like for, with Facebook, it's based upon largely upon who your friend group is. So like you'll see things from your friend group, and with Twitter, it's it's who you follow on Twitter. Whereas whereas TikTok is more who who have you watched, and will suggest this person that you might also like to watch what they do. And like a lot of things I watch is it sounds a bit a bit a bit dumb and dry, but it's like things that are sort of based around. Uh, like tradesmen doing shit jobs and shit jobs that they found, and they go, look what, look what this fucking idiot's done. He's done that on that wall, and I go, oh, look at that idiot. He's done that, and that's that's how I interact with TikTok. I, I understand there's a big um, porn industry on TikTok that I'm yet to find. So really, but, um, I didn't know about that. Yeah, no, no I don't Aww. think it's. I I've already got an think... account. I've signed up. <laughs> <laughs> Where does Reddit I, I, fit in? Like Reddit never gets like. Uh, Reddit, where, I knew you'd was, pipe up about Reddit. So when was mentioned. when was Reddit's moment in the sun? Well, Reddit has always got an undercurrent because Reddit is the the hardcore uh, social media site, right? Red, you, picture a redditor, right? That's a guy who spends a lot of time on the internet. Is that like a the the, the bare knuckle boxing version of of social media? Is it? Reddit is the homepage of the internet, right? That's its, that's its tagline. Is it really? Well, no, but that—that's where you know internet types. You know the online internet types. The the, me, the initial meme war. Yeah, like yeah. four the four channels. Is it? Well, yeah. I mean, four chan is like the the hardcore version of the hardcore, right? But I mean, Reddit is in is in is like if my dad found himself on Reddit, he would be totally lost and yeah, intimidated. Yeah. So is that is that is it like the kind of the dark corner of the social media pub? I don't think it's a dark corner. 4chan is a dark corner, right? But well, that's the darkest. That's like you, you've left the pub and you're in the alley outside smoking <laughs> meth, right? That's... But you're still in the pub in 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 Reddit. Aren't yeah, you? you're still. Yeah. You, do you know what it is? You're just in the pub, but you're with the quiz, the pub quiz team that's taking it a bit too seriously. Right. Okay. Yeah, they've got their own lingo. Yeah. And you know they're kind of all 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 chuckling at the other parts of yeah. of the pub. Yeah. Whereas I get Facebook you. is like a you know like a bunch of like old grannies that don't really understand the speed quizzing iPad thing 
and yeah, that, TikTok that's, that's is like a bunch of sixteen-year-olds that yeah, shouldn't be in the public in the first place. Yeah. Where's Snapchat? Oh. <laughs> well, Snapchat's not really social media. That, that's more of an interaction with other people, isn't it? Like that you know. Is that the smoking right? table outside the front? <laughs> it might be. I suppose so. Yeah, but 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 then as soon as you said something, it's deleted mysteriously from the from the universe, yeah. and no one can see it anymore. No one. It was never there. So that makes Twitter yeah. the actual bar itself, the jump where you're buying drinks and you. I think that's a good analogy. I think we got this. I think and Instagram's just passed out. <laughs> His friends are carrying it outside. Instagram's the mirror as you go into the toilet. Oh. Instagram's too busy sending out pictures of the pub grub that you've just ordered from yeah. the bar and, and and the drinks that you've got in front of you. Who I I, I hate Instagram. I, 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 I get it. that Instagram's a thing, and I get that people sharing their food is a thing. But why would I want to look at someone else's meal? Well, this is the thing, Dave. And I think what you were getting at before with the you know the Facebook people that are just looking for you know people to interact with them about the thing that that all boils down to the same thing i share and it's this hatred this innate hatred of people that for some reason desire it's not just attention seeking it's like they have to be noticed you know they have to they seek some kind of gratification from other people's interactions that's what instagram is it's just it's just a collection of of people just trying to make their lives look more important and more impressive than they are I don't understand it. I don't get why. I don't get the appeal of it. I, I hate it. Or, the, or this, or the, there's an argument that if you, you know, you make cakes, you want to show them. Okay, okay, right, yeah. yeah from a business fine. point of view, yeah, yeah, that's great. That's but what it's for. Th- that's not the people that I'm criticising. You know, it's the. So you're you're, you're criticising a particular type of person on Instagram, and, yeah. and that person will show up on Twitter and will show up on Facebook. But Instagram's the place, you know. When I go on Instagram, and, and it's it's not just the Instagram, you know, it's not just the influencers. It's my, it's people that I know, you know. They're on there, and they're like, for some reason, Instagram is the place that you go, and it's like, oh, why is everyone having so much fun? You know, why is everyone's lives so great? I don't need this, you know. I, I like Twitter, you know. It's 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 just it's just words, you know. I, I mean, yeah, there's pictures and stuff and videos, but but you know what I mean? It's like it's just a constant stream of thoughts. I don't know. We've got too deep into this. I just. I feel like I've entered the twilight zone. I'm just so upset that it's nearly 1am and I'm still here talking to you. <laughs> just... We'll go now. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it reached a natural end? <laughs> I'm just... Uh, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I feel like this has been the most off the rails this podcast has ever gone. Well, let's Definitely. face it. No, no one's still listening right No, they can't now. be. We're talking to they ourselves. Can't be. They absolutely it's can't the, be. I wouldn't be. It's the most convoluted. <laughs> And it's the first one that's going to re- require real uh, post-production, so over to you, sir. It's going to require it, but it's not no no suggestion it's going to get it. Uh, right, okay. <laughs> follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Cyro. This follow Gab at GM Boom Up. Follow Dave at This Is Dave Hart. All on Twitter. Do not go on TikTok or Instagram or Snapchat. Just Twitter. Although, if you do yes. want to go on Instagram, follow Rich at Stunt underscore Batman, <laughs> where you'll find him posting pictures of his uh, six-pack for of his people beautiful to enjoy. torso. Yes. <laughs> it's definitely the off-season, uh, isn't it? It really is. It really is. Um, this has been about three hours, so I apologise, but hopefully you enjoyed some of the more relevant content at the start with the Army of the Dead talk <laughs> and the, 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 the beginning of the 25 uh, most important Steelers list, which feels like a lifetime ago at this point. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like the, the 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 beginning of the fugitive, where there's a train going along and then it derails, and then the rest of the film kind of spews forth from that train yeah. crash. So as soon as we lost Rich, it just went it went you know off the deep end, didn't it? <laughs> but right, uh, 
Anyway, we, we'll be back next week. I've got I've got kind of an idea, which might be quite fun. Actually, let's just do my idea next week with okay. you guys, and uh, that'll be fun. Um, more deep off-season stuff. We're going to keep it more focused next week. It's going to be under two hours, I promise. It won't. <laughs> <laughs> Never. All right. Well, well, until next week, we'll see you later. See ya. Cheers, guys. Bye.